Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hey everybody, it's Out of Darkness Into Light, and I'm here with uh, Miss M and uh, and Teflon. And I asked Teflon for the first time, "Why do you call yourself Teflon Coat?" And uh, <laughs> I was suspicious that it had to do something with the Teflon industry. And uh, so um, he came up with ir- irrefutable evidence that no- Dave doesn't understand what he's talking about with all these <laughs> fears about dangerous toxins. Because uh, he has the proof that this is uh, some kind of parallel reality that doesn't exist. Why don't you tell us a story about your yeah. dog that was well, impervious to all toxins? Oh, yeah, I wouldn't go as far as to say that it's not toxic, but I just uh, <laughs> been work, work, working around the uh, in the Teflon. Uh, uh, boy, I started off like 15 years old, 16 years old. Uh, uh, Teflon coating, basically, and um, been doing it for 40 or 40 years now, uh, many different locations and. Uh, uh, I did the toxology test and stuff, but I think you're talking about, I'll tell Dave uh, that uh, I had a little border collie that I got from the uh, the shelter back when it was a puppy, and uh, this dog lived in my Teflon coating factory. As a matter of fact, it would, it would lay down in the spray booth, and uh, it was around the chemicals all of its life, and uh, most border collies lived to be like, you know, 15, 16 years old, and uh, my little Shermie lived to be 24 years old, healthy all the way through. Um with me, uh, I've never been sick from Teflon, ever. Uh, I, as I say, I've been playing around with 40 years and no maladies. And uh, I, I did the, uh, the background test on the people that have worked in Teflon coating factories or worked with Teflon, and there's never, there's never been any, uh, any sicknesses or diseases that came out of the actually applying of the Teflon. Uh, I think I was telling Dave the toxic side of it is, is if you burn it, and the, the smoke that comes off of the burning Teflon, uh, that's where you read on, like, uh, the Google it, and you'll see, like, it kills canaries and things like that. Well, yeah, that's the poisonous gas from the from the uh, the breakdown of the Teflon um, from two extreme high temperatures on there. It gives off, like, an HF gas and a couple other things, and uh, you can get the fluoropolymer or polymer fever, they call it, from that. And uh, that's, the, that's, the, that's the poisonous part of it. Uh, Teflon is basically just a plastic, okay, nonstick plastic on a frying pan. So, anyway, that's my experience with Teflon. Still doing it to this day, actually. Okay, now, <laughs> your dog, basically, by the way, was a canary in the coal mine. He was my canary. Uh, but he he failed. <laughs> he was a great uh, companion. But he, I mean, if you're looking at that dog, you're going, hey, there's nothing toxic around here. Look at this dog. It's in glowing health. But what I said to you earlier is that um, that dog was a, uh, what did I say about him? Something from God? He was, from, he was my buddy from God. Yeah, he was my my partner. You know, he was. I mean, if God wants to give you a dog for twenty four years, he's going to do that. <laughs> it doesn't matter how toxic the environment is. So that, yeah, I said that's the God factor. Oh, no doubt about that. There was a connection. So God does what He wants to do. It, it really wasn't a dog. It was more of a spiritual being. That little thing was. Let me tell you. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I know about that. And I, my entertainer. Very close my partner, to some animals. My, my bodyguard, my you name it, you know what I mean? My lookout, 
Saw, saw, he saw a lot more things in this world than I see. There's no doubt about that. Heck, I started getting an uh, emotional attachment to this uh, praying mantis. You mentioned that before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very uh, unusual insect. But anyway, we're going to crash your reality, Chuck. Okay, go for it. we we got to do that around here. Right, Emily? Absolutely. Yeah, without even realizing it because, you know, it's just, it's... Uh... Now, you said that that, that coating is plastic. So I've said on the show that all plastics are chemicals. Now, there's natural plastics. like you, They're not around much, and they're expensive. You, they're more common over, like, in Europe. But setting those aside, because you can make a quote-unquote plastic. You have to, you know, define it. What do you mean by plastic? Well, you know, I mean, the plastic doesn't necessarily have to use with, um, have to be identified with chemicals. You can see how the word is used, like plasticized or something like that. Uh-huh. But if that's what we're talking about, I mean, all plastics are chemicals, and all chemicals, first of all, there's an intermediate step. They're, they're, they're not from nature. Now, you can say that they're distantly related to nature because they're, like, synthesized nature. Yeah, and you can say it's, like, organic, you know, how... Uh, some people will say, "Well, everything you know, everything came here, so everything's organic." But it's the, it's when you start to um, mix with mix with it in any way, like with heat or add yeah. this or add that, that that can bring out and make it you know toxic. Whereas before, if it was just all in, all on its own, it might not be. You know, it doesn't take much to make something toxic by switching something or heating or you know what I mean. So, uh-huh. but all all chemicals. And I'm saying this word deliberately. They're they're poisons. Now, see, I'm taking an idealistic perspective. Like we're going back to the garden, and uh, let's let's give Adam a microphone. You know, stuff a microphone in his face. Ask him his opinion. And because uh, people are going to say, well, Dave is very idealistic. Well, let's ask Adam what he thinks about chemicals. You know, because there was no chemicals. Uh, he would look at a chemical as a threat to a biological organism because that's what it is on the most fundamental level, you know. And when you get um, a chemical into your body, your body makes a decision if it's able to function properly because most bodies are not functioning properly, you know. And the decision is to get this poison out of the body, but it requires energy to do that. Your body will always make that decision if, if it's healthy, every single time. And uh, so what your body tries to do is it views it as a threat. It identifies it and goes, this is a bad thing. <laughs> it tries to get it out. So, you know, we all have our opinions, you know what I mean? But I'm saying, you know, that's what your body's opinion. Now, people say, well, how can my body make decisions differently than me? Well, when you have like a, uh, a quote-unquote cold, which is kind of a, a vague term, it's, I think it's deliberately vague, or a oh, the flu. Um, then people that are in alternative health, they you know they do all these things and they can't figure out why can't I do anything about this cold? It's because your body has made a decision, and they don't really understand what a quote unquote cold is or the flu. And the body has made a decision to purge itself because something's wrong, and uh, you can't do anything to stop that process. You know, once it gets fully engaged. So, I mean, the body makes decisions independently. You know what I mean? That's just an example of it. But it, um, you know, I the government... Also, um, go ahead. Sorry. 
I, I also feel that, you know, sometimes the body doesn't know what to do with it. So it, like, tries to do different things and it bounces, you know, it's like, what is That's it? It's a true. object. What do I do? What do I do? Where does this go? Does it go here? Yeah, does it so go there? What is this And thing? then in that process, you know, you can, you know, develop illnesses or, or cold or whatever because it's like doesn't know what to do with it, you know. It's trying so hard to figure out what's the purpose of this. And, yeah, so... That's, that's how I feel about, like, foreign objects or, or toxic, tox, toxic materials or anything. So it confuses yeah. the heck out of the body. It's like, what is this? Yeah. But it, it identifies it as something uh, foreign and yeah. as, as a threat. And if, it has, if it's working properly, it has enough energy, it wants to uh, expunge it, you know, and that's what we do when we fast, things like that. But, like I said, you know, the, the, the government... Um, you know, they don't educate the people about toxins. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, that, if you look at people, I mean, people are not concerned about toxins. And I see this all the time. People just throwing around chemicals. You know, like, well, the more chemicals, the better. I mean, but when you use chemicals in your house, you're actually not cleaning something. And the reason is, now, see, I'm always speaking idealistically. That's why people have a hard time processing me. Dave just said you're not clean. With chemical, no, no. The reason is, is because you're leaving behind a chemical film. You see, that's that's supposed to be okay. That's not okay to me. <laughs> no, it's not. And people, um, not the crazy. average person takes, you know, con- uh, um, processes a thousand pounds of toxins um, per year. That's how much you know goes through our bodies. And you know, if you're leaving a toxic uh, chemical cleaning product on a surface and you touch it. Um, that's part of that. Or if you're breathing it, that's part of that. So we're absorbing a thousand pounds on average of human per year. Um, so every little bit you can cut out is really going to make a difference. <laughs> I mean, that's well, a massive amount of chemicals, you know, that we're, I, we're subject right, exactly. to. Not, not, to, not to scare you guys, though, but as I say with my industry, which, um, majority of these places that use, if we go back to the Teflon type uh, applications, are uh, food processing plants. Um, uh-huh. I mean, every bit of food that you're, uh, all the bags they're put in, they're Teflon coated seal bars on that. Uh, the cheese industry, all those molds where the cheese go through are Teflon coated. I get them back every six or nine months for recoding them. You know what I mean? Where does that Teflon go? And this has been going on for 30, 40 years. Meat processing plants, Teflon boards, Teflon plates, diaper factories. The, the guys that make the diapers. Cheese? Uh, all, yeah, cheese, like mozzarella and provolone cheese. Every one of those molds has a Teflon coating on it. So it's all been uh, every every bit of as I say my biggest bit of business is really the food processing industry, cheese, meat, uh, baby diapers. I do a lot of stuff for the diapers for uh, uh, the paper industry. Uh, you name it. There's Teflon coatings on those the processing equipment where all that stuff is processed and milled. Every packaging out there has Teflon coated seal bars. So anything you buy in a plastic bag, which plastic is a chemical in the first place, right? Uh, you know, they went through Teflon coating seal bars to seal the plastic around there. Okay, all your molded products, all the stuff you buy in the store, the molded type products usually have a Teflon coated, I Teflon coat the molds. Um, aluminum, uh, zinc die casting and stuff. I zinc plate and, and uh, I, excuse me, Teflon coat those molds to release the aluminum and stuff. So it goes on and on and on. Now, what does the stuff only last three months to six months to a couple of years? Then it comes back to me and the Teflon's all gone and I reapply, I, you know, clean them back up and reapply the Teflon. So this has been going on for 30, 40, 50, 60 years, actually, just in the food processing industry out there. 
So unless you go completely natural and get away from uh, anything processed, you're always going to be getting a Teflon into your system. Um, or And tons of other stuff, though, too. I was just Oh, yeah, and especially when it starts site. to deteriorate because the problem with plastic is that it's breaking down constantly. So your bottle of water that you think is, you know, so much better than, you know, um, uh, well, I, I anyway, the, the bottled water people are thinking are making the right choice. But, you know, every second that's going by, that this bottle is breaking down and and, and therefore releasing, you know, the poison well, yeah. into that into that pure bottled water. You know. I mean, Coca-Cola plants, aluminum cans. What is that Coca-Cola doing to that aluminum can? Well, it sits there on the shelf. It's breaking down Chuck, that aluminum. I just want you to know, so that this is. Um, I want you to know from the from the get go here that Dave is going to claim that all this stuff is diabolically created to, to poison us. So you know what now you know what's coming. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm you know. Now I'm, you've heard me say that everything's done the wrong the wrong way. Mm-hmm. I, I you know my view is you have satanic madmen, satanic chemists out there that absolutely despise uh, the riffraff. You know, you and me. Uh huh. Because we have inferior bloodlines and other things, and um, and they design all these things basically to poison us. But the good news is, hey, there's alternative alternatives virtually across the board. All you gotta do is investigate a little bit. And I say that they're actually there for the lower Illuminati. You gotta, you know, stop and think for a moment. Um, why wouldn't they create an industry for their own people? at the lower managerial level, or they're going to poison them too. You know what I mean? Because people talk about this, you see. So these alternatives are all out there. And uh, and I have things to hear in my home that people have never even heard about before because um, where would you hear about them? You'd have to just kind of stumble into them or something like that, you know? Sure. In the old days before the Internet, the only place you'd see them is in the back of a magazine, like in an advertisement. That's the only place. You know, if you didn't have that magazine, uh, you would never hear about these devices. Right. You can't you walk somewhere, and drive somewhere and buy them. Go ahead. Well, it's just, and the thing is, is and once people start realizing, you know, how everything is toxic and there's plastic everywhere and, you know, aluminum and this and that, and, and it, it, it gets very overwhelming. Now, the, the good news about that and something that people, I hope, understand is that, you got to start somewhere, and if you just start one thing at a time, you know, you can start to eliminate and make changes in your life, and it doesn't have to be overnight. I have to eliminate everything, and I have to start, you know, you don't have to overwhelm yourself to where you're, you're not motivated anymore and you just give up. You know, there's little teeny steps you can do every single day that will um, improve, you know, um, you know th- that'll help give, that'll give you an advantage over time, and you just build and build. So, a lot of people get overwhelmed. They don't want to make changes, so they just say, you know what, forget all that. There is no conspiracy on this. Um, it is safe. The FDA says so, so I'm going to stick to that because they don't want to be overwhelmed and think they have to completely change their whole house and everything else in a, in a day. But, you know, if somebody were just to set a goal and, and make one change, you know, a day or, or one change a week, like I'm going to I'm gonna make my own deodorant, you know, that's my goal this week. Or, you know, you can start somewhere, and any time you do that, it will build, 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 and before you know it, you're living a much healthier life, you're feeling better, and, um, you know, you have, you have that more of that natural energy besides all the synthetic, you know, Red Bulls or whatever, you know, things like that. So 
that's how I always try to look at it because it, it gets extremely overwhelming when you realize how much toxic materials and plastic and everything else are just constantly surrounding us and um, people don't like to be overwhelmed. <laughs> so No, absolutely, absolutely. The thing is, what I see too is they're always one step ahead of us on, on, on problems though. There's always another uh, obstacle to overtake. Uh, I mean, we go back to this chemtrail type thing. We got stuff falling out of the skies on our, our organic gardens in our backyards now. Yeah. An organic garden. Um, so now, you know, how do you combat that? I mean, there's guys putting tents up and stuff like that and trying to do things. Uh, the real hard there are? People, uh, yeah, I, I read a couple of articles. There's a guy, you know, that shows you how to put up like a, uh, uh, it really kind of came out of the Fukushima thing on the West Coast. They're talking about the, uh, not just the uh, chemtrails, but potential uh, radiation coming down and stuff. And, uh, you put like a, a plastic tent up over the top of it and just try to keep as much off as possible. You know what I mean? And uh, so you're kind sacrificing of, sunlight. Exactly, but they, that was the kind of the thing. Now we got our, uh, we're sacrificing sunlight to keep the uh, radiation off of our uh, organic vegetables. You know, so it's. Uh, I, I mean, say, I say have a, a greenhouse. I mean, a greenhouse is going to save a lot of. Um, you can have organic, you know, an organic garden in a greenhouse. You can have you the sun, the sunlight going through. It's well contained. Um, if you're a busy person working, you know, 100 hours a week, you you aren't going to have as many weeds. You're not going to have rodents. I remember a garden I I did for a whole summer, and it was just absolutely fabulous until one day this this little rascal uh, vermin thing decided to like just destroy my garden. Every day I'd, I'd get up and I'd see these massive holes. Like it just had a big party all night long, and it was and it was a little discouraging because after all that time, you know, but a greenhouse, I mean, that's the way to go. Yeah, yeah these, these these tents were actually mini greenhouses, Dave, you know, I mean, they were like mini greenhouses. Oh, okay. Like, uh, some little kids were they like up, open uh, on the side, uh, like uh, the side was open? Yeah, they were like cheap little, like, you know, uh, just basically like even plastic over the top, like, you know, uh, uh, translucent plastic so the sunlight got through and stuff, you know, um, that was kind of the key to it. Um, the, the glass is always, of course, the best, no doubt about it. Yeah, yeah. Plastic was actually designed to let the sunlight through. Yes. Is there anything special about them? Special kind of plastic? Probably, oh. I think. Right. I don't know. But you I could don't make know. it better. You could tweak it. Yeah, I think it was more just to keep the uh, the chemtrails and the uh, uh, you know the big Fukushima scare, which I actually do believe it is happening. But yeah, that was kind of. Yeah, you believe part. in Fukushima, huh? Well, I believe that something nasty happened there, and uh, I just know that that jet stream goes right from Japan right to the West Coast and gets right up here at the Great Lakes, so there's no doubt about it. Something's probably being cared. If you, if you dig into it, you know, as they say, whether it's right or, you know, whether they're lying to us or making the stories up, uh, radiation counters and stuff like that are just keep on going up and going up since since Fukushima. I'm not sure. I can't, I can't, I can't vouch for that, but, I you know, I do follow a few websites on there, and they have specials on and talk about it all the time. You know what I mean? There's a couple of guys out there that follow it all the time. If you like, uh, I don't know if you Yeah, Jeff Renz. If you go to Jeff Renz's uh, website. He just beat me to it. I was going to say, like, go to Jeff Renz's site. He uh, really <laughs> talks about it, you know. So, uh, yeah. I listen, did you listen to Jeff Renz, by the way, Dave? Out of curiosity on that one? Uh, I have never listened to him very much. He's one of yeah. the most notorious Illuminati uh, agents out there. Uh huh. And uh, but he does put out a remarkable number of uh, amount of uh, good information. I just want to say this too, because this is pretty amazing. You know, I call uh, coast to coast AM, coast to coast propaganda. 
But it's amazing the the quality of information that they put out there on alternative health. Yeah. There's just one, it's an onslaught of disinfo, propaganda, and and fake stories and stuff that they never are responsible for, things that are shown to be fake later on, you know. I mean, this is classic stuff, you know. It gets exposed, but they never apologize. But all these other shows, too, that are obviously put out by agents, and uh, but they have really good information on, on, on health. You know, that's the number one topic that you get the best inf- information on. Yeah, yeah. For some reason, they allow that kind of info to get out. So, yeah, Rince has quite a quite a few uh, obscure and actually very good guests on the show. I mean, compared to like Coast to Coast, though, it's a little more. I don't know. As I say, you say he's a Illuminati agent out there and stuff, but it's a. Uh, um, I'm looking at the guests he has on the show. You know what I mean? And that kind of throws me for a loop because there's some actually some dynamite people that do go. Yeah, on I know the show. there is. Well, there yeah. has to be, and they got to keep ramping it up. They got to keep just like you know when you watch like. Uh, the History Channel, and they keep revealing. I mean, I, I walk by there now. They keep saying shadow government. And they keep ramping it up because they have to. They can't lag too far behind uh, the internet, or people will lose the audience. Yeah, and they probably, you know, they have an intelligent, you know, a group of people um, that they have to appeal to. So when they make some comments like that, um, they're it's giving other, some people who are intelligent think they're intelligent, whatever validation that oh yes, these guys really do, you know, um, they really are, are are for the people and are on our team because they're giving us this information that um, is is. It's, it's sufficient and necessary that nobody else is giving. So they must have the, you know what I mean? It's kind of part of the whole, you know, lie, 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 and then throw a bone, you know? And then, I don't know. It's just, but I feel like any of those, any of those talk programs that create anger, hate, you know, people that are, you know, they get people so worked up, you know, you don't, yeah. have, you don't have to have all that anger and hate to have a conversation and that's, I, I don't see anything positive about that because a lot of times it's just a lot of, you know. But I mean, there, there's a lot of topics to be frustrated about and even be, become angry about, but not constantly. You don't want to live your life, you know, pissed off about things. You need to, you know, I want to live my life knowing things are happening, you know, not being okay with it, but knowing they're happening and then knowing that I can do things to, you know, deal with it instead of just being like, Screw the government. Why would they do this? And da, 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 blah. Like, that's just complaining and wasting time, you know? So I saw, I started listening to a few of those AM shows a while back, and I, I got some, you know, pretty good information from it, and I thought it was interesting. But then I realized, gosh, kind of, it's kind of upsetting me, <laughs> you know? And I didn't like, I don't want to be upset. So I kind of kind of stopped listening to that stuff a while ago because of that. Did you so back to the greenhouse. Real quick, social engineers, they want the, the masses in a constant state of agitation. Oh, yeah. If you, if you knew that one thing, then you would simply look around and just see where they're doing this, and you'll see it all over. Anyway, go ahead. Well, and it, it feeds the people who who are the angrier type or who do want to point the finger and blame or who are the, the people that are more black and white, like it's either yes or no. It feeds those people, you know, and that's why they want it because they know it feeds those people. And then those people are running around preaching everything. And demand. It's, just, it's, not a, it's not necessarily a positive thing. Um, but what I wanted to say about the tent with the greenhouse is – I wouldn't, I, unless the two sides, unless there's two sides to this tent, and I'm picturing it's just the top coat, I'm just worried that people are just putting the, the tarp on the top, 
but not on the sides. Are they putting it on the sides? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you'll, uh, full, full enclosure, yeah. Okay, good. Sorry, I didn't get that part because I was, like, all concerned because wind blows and things like that. So just wanted to make sure. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's kind of funny. You were talking about listening to the uh, – if I, if, I, if I drive to work and I catch myself and, I, and if I'm listening to a, uh, a talk show on the way to work and uh, um, by the time I get to work, I'm all worked up and I got all these – I don't want to say – it's almost like fears in my head, you know what I mean, and almost like blaming people on, uh, well, this is what they're doing to us, you know what I mean, type of an attitude. And I started. I started realizing that I, I got to kick that stuff off and listen to music on the way on the way to work or whatever. Absolutely. The more you, the more you, the, you know, you just listen to it. And it just, it goes into your, your your spirit, into your soul, and it's. Uh, yep. You know, as I say, I start. I feel like I'm blaming somebody. It's their fault, as I say. Um, it's it's the other side's fault, and the other side is blaming me because it's my fault. You know what I mean? So it just it does work up, no doubt. Oh my gosh! And you know, and and you start you. I I can probably guarantee you started off with the best intention, like, oh, I'm gonna drive to work, and I'm gonna I'm gonna you know uh, check in with the news, and I'm gonna you know be a part of what's going on. And and it, it's a good idea, you know. You want to be informed and stuff, and so you don't start off with like, oh, I want to find out what's how we're getting screwed over today. You don't you don't start Absolutely. off like that, but you end up like that. You know, and, who's, and take, who's, who's taking my rights away from me today? You know, but then you get an attitude the rest of the day about it. You know, yeah. and what's the most important thing to have in the first part of your morning? What is what is the most important thing? Like peace, um, meditation, um, you know, praying, things like that. Those are those are what the the true you know what I've met the people that have inner peace, the people that are even living in the moment, the people that have accepted things. That's what people dedicate their whole mornings to do. So to even have a show like that in the morning, is, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, people yeah. know this, and and they, yep. you know, it's it's setting you, it's setting people up for failure, and negativity negativity spreads like wildfire, and um, you really gotta kind of you first you have to realize you're you're in that you have that attitude, and that's hard to realize. Sometimes you might end up going to work and not even realizing it. I've done that, and then where's this attitude coming from? Why am I you know, feeling so bored, or why am I feeling irrit- irritated? And yeah. it traced back to that, and that's actually why well, I stopped. We, we actually, we actually grew up. I've been living in America. We grew up. We grew up in this environment. This is really ingrained in us. You know, um, got a little story to tell you. And this, uh, this is a little personal story here. Uh, back about ten years ago, I uh, um, I worked like off and on in Thailand for seven years. As a matter of fact, my wife is Thai, and. Uh, Way up in northern Thailand, up by Laos, um, my wife's village is up there. And when I first started going up there, there was basically no telephone, no internet, uh, no television, no anything. Uh, um, Christ, we were lucky to have uh, electricity up there, okay? So I'd go up there for like a week to two weeks, and um, of course the sun goes down you go to bed, right? You know what I mean? Um, I get up and go out and look at the stars. Unbelievable! I mean, there's stuff moving around up there. I mean, I'm not talking flying saucers and stuff. But the thing is alive. The sky looks alive over there. Okay. I wake up in the morning and I go out and uh, I drink my coffee and I take a little uh, the uh, little bench they built me out there out looking over the rice fields and uh, I just sit out there and I read my book, I read my Bible, and I just meditate and sit there for a couple of hours. But just two weeks, two weeks away from everything like that. You're basically talking to you're talking to nature again. Your your back's just you're back in the realm again. It's really really weird. And I used to thrive on that. I, that was you know 
um, after about two weeks, so I started getting kind of bored. I don't want to say like I like I felt like I needed to build something or do something. That kind of came back in me. So I go back into the uh, I go back into Bangkok and go back to work for a couple of weeks. And I shoot back up there for two weeks, solitude, and just get away from it all. But you get away from all this stuff, and you just have a total different outlook on life. Um, um, I, I, I guess the best way I can explain it is like like you're talking to God after a while. It's just your total solitude, um, and you take all um, um, interference away and all this input away from you, man, and you just come right down to reality. And it's just, uh, just, it just, it just uh, develops your soul, I think. And you know, there was a pastor that um, he would wake up in the morning, and he still does, he wakes up in the morning and he spends, he dedicates, uh, I want to say five hours, but it's like three to five hours every single morning, and he's praying, he's, he's, um, he's doing things, you know, in solitude, he's, um, he's, he's, before anything, he's, he's basically praying, he's cleaning his mind, what he says is he's, he's preparing himself for the day, is how he looks at it, and he doesn't, nothing, you know, he's, he's, he's doing all sorts of different things, there's a few different things he's doing, but it's all about, um, preparing himself for the day, and then at that point, he carries on, and he, he'll make his, his breakfast, or he'll, he'll clean up, or he'll do a little laundry, or whatever, and then, you know, uh, by 10 o'clock or so, he's he's out of the house, but he's waking up at like, you know, 4 a.m. in the morning, and it's, I mean, it's a huge part of his day is to sure. spend those hours and hours of prayer, and then I've known, you know, Buddhists who do the same thing, you know, when they wake up in the morning and they meditate, and, you know, I was told by a counselor, you know, to, to meditate every morning, it's the most important thing, and, you know, I, I, I was a newbie at the time, I still am a newbie, it takes years and years and years of this, and, you know, just even they say just five minutes. And I always try to go back and make things as simple as I can for people because I don't want people to think you have to, I mean, you have to wake up and spend five hours doing this, um, but you got to start somewhere. So five minutes in the morning of, of meditating can change your whole life. If you're able to yeah. do that every single day for five minutes, the first thing you do when you wake up, your your life's going to change. I, I mean, agree. it's, I it's amazing. And I, there's so I, much power in that. And first thing in the I, morning, I, I think these guys that are doing it for like an hour, they start to they, they start getting something out of it. Like you say, it starts in five minutes, and next thing it's an hour or two or three hours. These uh, the Buddhist over there, and uh, um, I don't want to use the word hermits or anything like that, but like they start actually they tap into something, and they start actually, as I say, back to the universe, back to God or whatever. They start getting knowledge out of the, uh, out of their surroundings in that solitude. And that's why they go these four or five, six hours at a crack, because they're actually getting something out of it. They're they're getting knowledge. They're uh, in communication with the with the with the, the realm that we're in. I think. Chuck, what they're doing there is they're developing what's called a contemplative mindset, and that's something that is extremely rare in Western society. They're cultivating that. That's what it's called—a contemplative mindset. Contemplative mindset. My phone just beeped. I can't believe that. That means that. Oh man. I guess it does so much. Too long earlier. <laughs> well, it's just it's just amazing because you can. I mean, like for me, you know, I've always had a problem with patience. Um, not that I, not that I run out of patience and I get really irritated. More like I get real bored, or you know, my mind starts to wander. It's like it's like a focus thing. Um, so you know, training yourself to do something like that five minutes a day is going to help you with patience. It's help, it's going to help you be more tolerable to people. Um, it's going to help you not take things so personally at work. I, I've used to have problems with that. 
um, it, it it calms the mind. And then I and then I had a after I did that for you know after I learned about that and started doing that, I had like um, this moment of time when I've never been a big social media person at all. But I did have a Facebook for approximately three years of my life, and that was it. But um, then I, I developed this thing where I started waking up in the morning. I have no idea what made me do this, and I the first thing I do is log on to my computer and I go on Facebook. And I didn't know, and I can't remember the reason why there was a reason. I can't remember why. I did this for about two weeks. About a week into doing this, I went downstairs and I was having a cup of coffee with my neighbor. And uh, I started just telling them, you know, how I felt. And I was real, I was just real irritable. I was like, had this energy that was just like, not not good energy. And I told them, I go, God, I just feel horrible. And anyways, it took me a few days to figure it out. And I realized it was the darn Facebook. Every single time I I got off and logged off Facebook, I had this feeling like, gosh, I don't want to take a shower and get ready for work, or gosh, I'd rather be doing this. It was always, it was just something about I'd rather do this or I don't want to. It was, and, and that was like proof for me, absolute proof for me, um, how doing something like logging onto Facebook or things like that could actually like destroy your day. You know, because I was so aware of myself and how I felt that I was able to pinpoint, you know, this is Facebook real quick. And, I mean, it's just the power right. of the meditating is just as strong as the power of, you know, going along with that other stuff and first thing in the morning yeah. or, or anytime really, but, you know. I used to uh, Facebook and, uh, and Drudge Report. I go through the headlines on there, what's going on in the world. Then I go to Facebook and stuff, and the next thing I know, 20 minutes or a half an hour is gone. And, uh, and I, I, you're right, and I don't feel like doing anything after that, you know? It's like a creepy feeling you have inside, too. It's like this weird – that's the only way I can say it is like a creepy feeling. I was always left with, like, like a weird feeling, you know? I don't know. It's just, ugh. Hey, you guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just say this, but I'm going to drop out and uh, charge the phone. Go for it. I can't believe it's beeping this early. I, th- I think it's something to say why. All right, so you're going to drop out, so what are we doing? <laughs> oh, well, you guys are having a good conversation I, here. I, 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 yeah. got a for you. I got a, I got a couple of questions for Emily. I was talking to Dave, and he mentioned that you uh, – I'll be back later. Okay. That you used to be a, a magician's right. ass, assistant for a while? Yeah, I did. Well, how, how, uh, what was that, uh, on stage then, uh, around a tour yeah, on stage? Or? Yeah, so I was uh, I was a uh, magician's assistant, so I performed on stage um, – I worked for the magician for six years, so it was a it's it's the third not any longer, but it was the third largest traveling magic show in the world. Um, wow. It was a self-contained show, so it was really cool. It had um, everything you know, thirteen tons, so it was twenty six thousand pounds of stage lighting, special effects, wow. DJ equipment, you know illusions, you know, so we'd come in with a big old truck and be able sure. to set up a show indoors, outdoors. You, we could perform in front of 10 people. We can perform in front of 10,000. Uh, I shouldn't say 10,000, about 1,000 people. Um, yeah. And it was it was a beautifully, I mean, it, is, it still is. Un- unfortunately for the magician, it's gone downhill um, as far as the bookings and all of that. But, I mean, part of that was his demise, so, you know, um, but it was just, it was phenomenal because, um, so what I did was they, they hired me to perform. They had um, a last-minute cancellation, so I learned to do the magic show in about two days. It's an hour-and-a-half magic show, and the thing about it that was also so amazing 
was that it was very fast-paced, high-energy. So you we're talking about these just jaw-dropping tricks. Um, some of yeah, them are yeah. the large illusions you'd expect to see in Vegas. The others are just, just amazing, just jaw-dropping, and boom, 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 one after the other after the other. Because, you know, each, even one of the large illusions, like, say, the sword basket trick, that can take maybe five minutes. Maybe, uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. so we were talking an hour and a half show, and sure. it's just, I mean, it was, it was, it was great working with, um, animals, um, wow. and, you know, and then I started selling for the magician, so I would sell the magic shows in the daytime, okay. and then I'd go and perform at night, and it, it, it was, it was, oh my gosh, I never got sick of that show, that show was just, but then, you know, I, I was working with all types of different people, doing private functions, working with kids. We did a lot of uh, programs with the schools, uh, with fundraising or, you know, family nights. There's lots of cities, parks and recs that put on, you know, all different types of, of you know, holiday events or whatnot. Um, uh, we did a show once with, like, all the top guys in the, like, the FBI and the the top CIA, you know, throughout the world. So Uh, uh, that was really cool, meeting all those different types of people. Um, It's quite an art form. There's a lot of work goes on behind the scenes on that. You know, that's what I I fell in love with. I would spend hours, hours and hours researching. You know, I'd I'd work, like, let's say six hours a day selling the shows. Um, I also kind of ran the books for a while. I'd put in about half hour to an hour a day on that, and uh-huh. then I'd spend hours um, going through, you know, YouTube videos, but uh, the magician, he was, he's been in the business for 25 years, yeah, and yeah. he knows a lot, and so he would show me a lot, and I started to get to, you know, learn about the other magicians, but then the illusions themselves, I mean, sure. it's an illusion, right? So people say, is it real? And I say, okay. well, it's, it's an illusion, you know? And you can tell people, no, it's not real, and they're not going to figure out the trick. You can't, you know what I mean? You just, it's, a, it's an art form. It's this, it's this thing, yeah, yeah. you know, like the guillotine, you know, the head chopper. Sure, it's been around sure. for, what, 5,000 years? It's been around forever. Uh-huh. Not thousands of years. And somebody created this. Somebody said, I want to, you know, do an illusion where it looks like somebody's head's going to get chopped off, so I want to build this thing that, won't chop their head off, and it's just an illusion. So, like, that, you know, what goes into that is just amazing. So what would normally look look like, you know, um, a, a regular table could cost, you know, $1,200. At least. Some, yeah. of them, some of them are quite exotic. Uh, $20,000, some of these things got to cost that I've seen at these shows, you know. Um, it's kind of funny you bring that YouTube stuff up. I was actually, uh, this was a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago, I was... Uh, um, watching a bunch of the uh, um, the illusions on the uh, on uh, on YouTube, and they're then they come back and actually show how they did them. Okay, and uh, a couple of these you watch them, you go, oh no, my God, you know what I mean? Like the one where they, uh, you know the rope through the neck and things like that, or the uh, have you seen the one where they, like they take the rope and they, the, the guy puts it on his neck and he puts his head forward and he comes up and it looks like it's actually his neck and he pulls it back and forth left and right and the skin's coming out. You know what I mean? So how do they do that? I mean that looks too real, you know. So next thing I know, an hour later, I'm doing these tricks in front of my in front of my nine year old, eleven year old daughter, and they, they were just like, 
Dad, you're the best. You know, and I think it's very simple. Some of these illusions are, you know, but uh, man, do they look real? But it's real. I think it all comes down into the presentation. And uh, oh, absolutely. There's, a, there's an art form to be able to pull these things off, you know. Oh, um, ab- yes, absolutely. And, and the thing, the thing is about like what your daughter said that was that I learned about magic that is just so. It's priceless. And, you know, whenever I'm saying magic, we're talking about illusions, magic shows, things like that. But what, what, what is just so amazing is you, it's so um, it's universal. You can have any type, of, yeah. um, any type of culture, any language. It breaks all barriers. It connects yeah. people and breaks all barriers and, because everybody loves it. Everybody loves it. It's, I mean, there's, I've never met anybody who doesn't want to talk about it. Um, so, like, if you know, if you if you get into magic, you know, you've always got something to talk about if you're trying to meet new people or if you want to yeah, meet new people. Yeah. Um, and then also the other thing with the kids, working with the kids, um, you know, you, you have a chance to impact their lives or um, give them a message, you know, because when you're, especially the female assistant, you know, for, for like little girls, for instance, they look up to you and you, you have your hair and your makeup and, of course, Everything was age appropriate, you know. But um, they'd look up to you, and they'd look up to, wow, you're you're so amazing. And then so that's when they'll that's when they'll listen to you, and that's when I would go into some messages with them. And not during the show. This would be like a meet and greet at the end or at the beginning. Uh-huh. But you know, uh-huh. just to remind the kids, you know, what matters most: character and believing sure. in themselves, and you know, anything uh, possible, and yep. all all that stuff. So you can spread was, a good message, and then based on that, they have their attention, and they want to hear more and more and more. Right? Yeah. They're exactly. listening to you. Got their attention, no doubt. It's kind of funny. I was yep. watching these YouTube videos, and there were some of these, uh, um, some of these magicians that it seems like they kind of went to their head, and they were like uh, almost like uh, claiming like uh, that they could do actually magic and stuff versus illusions. You know what I mean? And I'm so I watched a couple of these guys, and uh, I never quite figured some of that type of stuff out. You know, like um, what? Like um, figured out what they were saying, or figure out their actual tricks. Well, you know, they were actually almost claiming that it was, like, supernatural, some of the stuff they were doing. And this is a, a couple of these guys, you know what I mean? Not all of them. Um, like uh, like Chris Angel? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I was one of them, you know. Um, yeah, so, and these were all these were all that what you watched on a television or YouTube or yeah, something. Never yeah. in person, right? No, no exactly. Then, I, I, yeah. then, they, then they go to a YouTube, and there'd be a 12-year-old kid doing the trick, exactly what he's doing. And showing how he did it, you know what I mean? So that was kind of interesting, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, and, and I, I always, people would say, well, how can Chris Angel or whoever um, fly, you know, across the, across the buildings or whatever? And what I always say to, to things like that is, is, well, you know, unless you see it live, you know, right. the possibilities right. are endless. So exactly, um, exactly, exactly. You know, it yeah, goes they, they, way they, they, beyond they a big audience. <laughs> like like the levitation thing where they they'd actually do that one where they uh it looked like you know in the, the trick would be it looks like they you know right, uh, elevated off the ground like two inches or whatever like that and they're just on their toe on one of the foot but then they do a uh, uh afterwards they do a post production shot where you go like two feet up in the air you know what I mean and that was just edited in for the uh, the movie special so um, right and you have you have things like that and you have things like you know um you know fake audiences and you have things like. Yeah. I mean, it just goes on and on, and I'm not saying that that's what that's what they're doing. I'm just saying, quite when it comes to magic, here's the thing: science was inspired by magic. So, uh, magic started questions: who, what, where, when, why, how. So, right. 
So now what, what we need to do when we see magic tricks is do the same thing. Who, what, where, when, why, how. So you have to question everything. And that's where your imagination comes into play. And that's why, that's why I never tell a trick. And it's not because I'm sworn to secrecy. There's a couple of reasons why I don't tell a trick. Now, for yeah. my family and my friends, and if, they go to a, if, they've, if they've gone to enough of my shows, um, I'll, I'll let them pick one trick and I'll tell them the trick. But other than that, I don't want to take that away from them. And, um, you know, I want them to use their imagination to try to figure this out. And I'll remind them that this isn't real magic. This isn't like some mad black magic stuff. This is an illusion. This is something that somebody wanted to create, had an idea, and then actually put it into a a trick, an illusion. And so that you now now taking you know telling giving you the answer, you might like it at the beginning, but it now you're done. Now now you're you know you you don't get to use your imagination anymore for it. But it's so funny because I'd be. You know, and the other thing that's really cool about the audience is you would have, you know, women, men, adults, all all types of different adults, um, and they all end up after the show acting the same, just like a little kid. They're so cute. You know, I'd have these moms coming up to me saying, "Oh my gosh, Emily, I totally know how how the how the uh, the drink trick was done." And so it's a drink, and it's called your favorite drink, and anything you could ever wish will come right out of the same picture and you and you see the picture and uh, there's nothing in the picture and then so you know somebody shouts lemonade and he and he pours and then there's lemonade and the person drinks it is lemonade um the next person might say root beer and pour it and it's tasted and it's root beer uh if it's an adult audience it could be maybe alcoholic beverage or whatnot but so there's all these different tricks that are coming out and the lady comes up to me at the end and Oh my gosh, Emily! I figured it out. I know all about it. And I go, Oh, you do? You do? Okay. Well, but don't tell anybody. But but go ahead and tell me what it is. She goes, Well, well, he his shirt got smaller, and I and I have no idea what she's talking about. I'm like, his shirt got smaller. I was like, Okay. And I started thinking, Oh, okay. I'm kind of getting where she's going. She goes, Yeah. There's nothing else to Yeah. He, no, he has this pouch strapped around his waist, filled with every type of liquid you can imagine. And so there's a button that he pushes that makes this – it's just, it's just uh, hilarious. And, and that's not the way the trick works. Um, but, you know, she was – it was just so cute because she just had it all figured out. She was so excited. And she's using her imagination, but she still can't – she still didn't get it right, which she probably could never – it's so hard to get these right because it's craftsmanship and the stuff was developed, you know. And it, oh, my God, it's amazing. One time um, – well, part of the trick was me levitating in the air – and um, there's a few levitation tricks, but one time I had a lady come up to me at the end and say, oh, no, it was a little kid. It was like a teenage kid. It was a he. It was a boy. He said, um, I totally saw that trick work. I know exactly how it works. And I go, oh, you do? How, how's that? And he goes, well, your legs were tied. Your legs were tied up. You were, you were being suspended. And I said, well, we're outside. This is the, we're, we're outside. What, what were my legs tied to? The star? Like, you know, it's like even when you're outside, there's nothing that you could possibly be holding me up with strings that you don't remember that part. You don't realize that part because you're so excited that you've learned the trick, but you really you really haven't learned the trick. <laughs> so I, I always, my daughters ask me, how do I do, how do I do some of the tricks? And I always, my, my, my answer is always mirrors. I use mirrors, you know. <laughs> I just shut up. Mirrors, you know, so. 
Yeah, um, and that's definitely a part of it. Um, and they and they use that for sure. And I mean, I have no problem even saying that. But it's it's when do they use the mirrors and how much do they use the mirrors and you know because it's definitely not all mirrors. But and you know right. that. But, right. Yeah, it's just right. real, real interesting. So I had I worked with. Uh, the I, I say I say that when like I pull a quarter from behind their ears. They say, "How'd you do that?" And I say, "Mirrors." <laughs> well, it's a, it's a joke, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah, I got you, I got you. <laughs> yeah, slide a hand, mirrors, you know. So, uh, oh yeah, yeah. No, that's great. Um, so I worked with um, a group of people, and one of the guys was a, a male assistant, and um, so I was the female assistant, and then we had you know other assistants and a DJ and. But anyway, so the male assistant and the magician, they they we have a sword basket trick where, you know, the girl disappears and then the magician goes um into the sword basket um to prove that the girl's not in there. Uh-huh. Um and then he um starts wait, let me see how this works out. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So then he starts stabbing the swords through the the basket, you know, there's right. five swords. And then he pulls the swords out and then um uh, the girl, uh, the girl, I call it the girl, it's me, I appear, and uh, so here I am, you know, and then the audience claps, and we do a little bow, and then uh, all of a sudden, the, there's a dog, the dog is like this white, um, American husky type dog, huge, uh-huh. at least the hair is really huge, I mean, it was a big dog, so all of a sudden, the dog is over there, and the audience will start yelling, and we'll look over like, we're so amazed, oh my gosh, this dog's here, so the male assistant and the magician developed that on their own. So they made that happen. Um, and that's, so they took the old sword basket trick, and it took them about, you know, a few months, and they decided the magician wanted to have the dog come out of the, come out of the, of the basket as well. And it's like, it's just amazing how they did that. I mean, so now, now these, still, guys, these guys, these guys got to spend hours and hours and hours before they even get into that realm, don't they? And then they tend to got to keep on working on the stuff. And you wouldn't even it. believe how 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 they came up with it. I mean, and of course, you know, below if this is a the basket is on a stand that you know below you can put swords and stuff through to show that there is no box. It's on this stand with legs that you can see right through. So you know, it's just it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I have so much respect for that stuff. Yeah. And then even just as art, you know, to some of the old, like, Fujihini posters and, sure. you know, having that art around your house is just really cool, too. But there's, there's yeah, little, I, I, live, I live in Wisconsin. There's a little place up here called the Wisconsin Dells. And there's a, um, um, some of these, uh, you know, not, not, not you know, um, top top string magicians, but there's, like, two uh, magician uh Guys got their own, you know, put their own things together up there. I take my kids up there, and we stop in the, at each of these shows. One guy's been doing it. He's in his uh, late 60s, but he's uh, he's really got the sleight of hand down. But, I mean, the production numbers and the crew he has and the props they developed and everything, um, just absolutely fantastic. And uh, these are pretty nice little uh, venues that these guys are in. So um, there, if I guess if you're in the right place, there's always going to be there's always going to be a group of people that want to go see a magic show, I guess. Wouldn't you exactly. Say that? It, it, it really, it touch, it's just so universal. I mean, it's, there's, I don't think I've ever met anybody who's not interested in it, you know? And then you get a kick out of these guys like David Blaine and stuff like that that actually had that sleight of hand. And, uh, you know, they could, well, it was all for, for the television, basically, but uh, these street-type magi- magicians, too. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> those guys, yeah. uh, 
I, you know, those are pretty good shows they got on. I remember when those first came out in the 80s and stuff like that, or 90s or whatever it was. Uh, pretty interesting, but uh, um, a lot of that stuff is like post-production, though, too. They go out and they do the basic stuff and then they do the post-production behind it. But just an uh, excellent sleight-of-hand artist, you know? Oh, yeah, and distraction and, you know, and it's it's it was really interesting working on stage for, um, for you know, at least a few months because, um, in the beginning, this was all new to me, of course, but in the beginning, I, I, a friend, they had called a friend seeing if she can do a magic show because, um, you know, she, she knew somebody in, 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 the, in the group of, of the magician. Um, so she couldn't do it. So she said, I know just the girl who can. So they called me. And of course, I absolutely did it. But, but it was so funny because when I started learning these tricks, you know, um, you know, I just couldn't believe we were just doing these things like right there, <laughs> you know, and, uh-huh, uh-huh. and because there's distraction involved, and and it doesn't always have to be the girl in the in the in the outfit that's distracting, you know, because my my outfits were age appropriate. There was many times there was family audience, so it wasn't necessarily like about that, but it was like it's like the sleight of hand, you know. Like there's so many ways to distract, you know. It's sure. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty how, cool. How, it's pretty cool stuff. How, how long did you have to train before you actually they used you in the show? There had to be hours um, of training back behind the scenes on that. I think about, I think it was about two, two, two days. That's it. Okay. It was very, yeah, it was very limited, and a lot of it was, you know, fly by night, you know, because that's really how it has to be sometimes. Where when you're doing a show, because all the cues that you have to remember, you're not going to remember all that. And if you've never performed before in front of like a thousand people. It's, yeah. It's, um, yeah. Yeah. So you have your brain might not be even remembering all those cues. Was, was know, that scary? Was that scary for you with the first time, like stage fright or anything out of curiosity? No. Or, no. Not, it uh, was. It was. It was. Um. It. What's the word? It was just like my heart was racing. I wasn't scared, uh, but but yeah, my heart was racing. My eyes were like. I mean, it was like my face. I don't want to say twitching because it wasn't, but it was like um, it, the adrenaline was so much. I was almost like sure. shaking. You know, sure, there, there's, sure. there's a there's a trick where I had to um, where I'm hypnotized, which I wasn't, but I was hypnotized, and so I have to have my eyes closed and relaxed in a hypnotized state. And all I uh-huh. remember thinking is that closing my eyes or making my eyelids blink, 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 because I uh-huh. couldn't just relax because it was so adrenaline rush. Are my are and, my knees knocking? <laughs> yeah, and I was like worried maybe that would come through, you know, but no, it didn't. And but. Sure. But yeah, no, it was a great. It was it was wonderful, and see, I that, loved that your, your modeling experience, right there. You can be a model now, you know. You know, you know how it works. Deception, you know. So. Yeah, and so like we we'd be on stage, you know, and there would be the uh, the male assistant, you know, he'd guide me the whole time, I and mean, we can full, have full conversations, you know, and and nobody's gonna hear. So you uh-huh. you know, which I didn't realize that either. I mean, you, you don't realize these things, so. Oh, he'd be like, okay, let me grab that. You know, of course, we're not looking at each other talking, but we can hear each other, and we're yeah. communicating the whole time. So, did yeah. you uh, did you tour that much with them? Did you uh, where did you where did you get around to? Yeah, so it it's all not like not the country or anything like that, but it was all Southern California. So okay. um, there's you know five counties we basically traveled through: San Diego County, and then up to Ventura County, and a few uh-huh. um, you know on the on the eastern side. But um, that was one of the best parts of it as well. I mean, there's so many great parts of this because I love driving, and I usually yeah. I would usually be the driver. Um, and, and really? Yeah, I always wanted to be the driver, and then everybody had no problem with that. So I was usually the driver, 
and um, and the drive was gorgeous because we'd usually be going up to L.A. or, or Orange County, and when you're uh-huh. on the, the five freeway and you're driving to Orange County or L.A., I mean, it's just all ocean, and it's just the most beautiful drive yeah. you can imagine. Um, and then, so not only that, but now I'm learning all these cities. I'm learning all these freeways. I'm learning, yeah. you know, I'm learning, I know Southern California. You know, I know sure, it like the sure. back of my hand. And, that, you know, no, traveling that, 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 that is a beautiful drive music. along that, that ocean there, no doubt about oh, it. Oh, yeah. Have you been, have you been uh, I've driven California? US one a couple. Yeah, a couple of times I've driven US one uh, years ago. Just rented a car and just did it. You know what I mean? And uh, met a lot of great people. Met, met a, had a lot of great food. Uh, saw a lot of great attractions, and uh, it was just very peaceful. It's like never. Uh, remember the first time I ever been to California? It's I didn't realize it was really it's a uh, it's a tennis shoe a sweatshirt tennis shoe town. It's, it's really laid back, and it was uh, very alluring. Very alluring. Um, had a lot of great experiences out there in California, actually. Yeah, there's a spot on the on the five freeway. It's not the 101, but it's the it's the five freeway, and there's um it's it's Camp Pendleton. You know, it's a military base, and okay. there's there's a good stretch of about 15, maybe 20 miles, um, and it's all it's all native land, and that's where the base is. But what's really interesting about that, um, and it's special, I think, is that it was donated by a man. Um, he passed away a long, long time ago. And he donated this land to the government, and so the government turned it into the um, uh, military base. Well, what it's done is it's preserved this land. So it's about 15, 20 miles, you're right on the coast. You see the ocean. I mean, it's prime real estate. Can you imagine all the houses? And it's it's, it's Uh untouched. You know, it's completely untouched. So even though there's a base, of course, I mean, the thing runs east as well. It runs uh, at least 20 miles east. So it's a huge chunk of land. But to be on that freeway and see that you see the native um, plants and you don't see any any buildings or anything because that's not where the main you know that's not like the entrance or anything you you just drive and, and you're and for a moment it's just you nature and the ocean and you're yeah. in southern california where it's not supposed to be like that you don't you wouldn't think so it's like this beautifully preserved thing you know i, I don't know that drive that that drive will just bring tears to my eyes it's just so gorgeous it really yeah is. i can still see it i'm so trying to remember where, where i was uh, over there yeah you was one the big sir carmel up in that area is that like uh that's that's further oh. north right that's uh that's us one of further north right okay so you like a uh, camino del sur yeah, I'm trying to remember if I uh, from San Francisco north or how I did that or L.A. north. Yeah, um, you were probably in Orange County, I think, but there is also a few Del Sur's in San Diego County. Are you talking about yeah. a, the, the town or? No, just, I mean, it, was, it was the Coastal Freeway. I was on the Coastal Freeway. You know, right oh, yeah, you were on the 101. The 101. The 101, that's what it was, 101, okay. Yeah, yeah that's a historic. Yeah. That's, that, that's, you can take that all the way up to Washington State. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. where I was on. That's just amazing, just amazing. It really is. It's super cool. It's like it's like a beach community road that just keeps going forever. Going and, and yeah, going as going. far as the food, you can find you know so many. Yeah, that's it, that really is great. That's the 101. Is great. Um, it's a it's a scenic. It's like a scenic route 101. Yeah, that's great. Right, right, right. So right. where do you where are you from? Where do you live again? Well, I uh, at the moment I. Uh, Boy, see, I, I'm a Midwest boy, basically, but I, uh, 
uh, of the last 15 years, I've spent about half of it in Asia. I'm up in, uh, like, uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin-type area right now, a little north of Milwaukee oh. up here. So, uh, yeah, we get the snow and everything. We get we get the seasons up here, but it's generally cold. Uh, I'd much rather be in the California weather, that's that's for sure. Um, but I uh, I spent, like, uh, actually seven out of the last ten years, I probably spent the winters in Thailand, okay? I worked over there for... Uh, uh, yeah, seven years basically, and I still got some things going on over there. So uh, um, that was basically sixty sixty percent of the time over in Asia for uh, for about seven out of the last ten years, off and on, back and forth. A lot of flying, I tell you. That flying That's amazing. But, uh, I've so always you, wanted the last few years. I've I've really wanted to go to Thailand and and uh, li- uh, live like a monk, you know, in the hills. Just yeah, to, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. I mean, what an experience, you know. I mean. I mean I've been I've been to all the temples over there, all the ancient ruins and stuff. I've been in the, just uh my, my my wife is Thai actually, and uh, you know from the oh. Buddhist and stuff. So uh, man, I saw you know I uh, I got to see stuff that the average person just would never even fathom is there. You know what I mean? Like looking at you know twelve hundred year old mosques, not mosques, uh, temples and things like that. You know what I mean? And the effigies, or if that's a, probably the wrong word, but uh, just some amazing stuff what they used to build over there, and they still do. But uh, you know, I, I went to a bunch of these uh, temples and stuff and met a bunch of these uh, the monks and stuff, the Buddhist monks, and uh, um, it's, it's a different world. It's a, you know, got to know the culture, as I say, living over there. Both my daughters were born in Thailand, actually. Um, so, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a pretty heavy trip. Uh, I, I, I feel like I have more freedom over there than I, I, than I do over here in the States. And uh, it's a uh, big thing I notice is, and I probably noticed this at an early age in my life, you know, once you get out of the American system and see how the other systems work in the different parts of the world, you kind of realize that you're not stuck in this system. Then, you know, when you're here, and like this happens to me too when I'm here too long. I've been here too long now. I feel like all of a sudden they've got me. Like I'm a, I'm a slave to this American system. You know what I mean? Get up, go oh, to wow. work, uh, pay the bills, no money left over, and you get to the uh, you get over there, and it's things are so cheap, um, and um, and the wants are so low that uh, you don't need a lot of money. I mean, and things are pretty cheap in the first place. Right. And just that all these stories you hear about they're starving over in these countries and stuff, people are not starving in these countries. They are, I mean, maybe India, but they're starving in India only because people keep the food away from them. You know what I mean? In Thailand, right, or they're building they're, the Coca-Cola plants next to the, next to the you know, the third world uh, little communities who these people are like, you know, and then they're building these Coca-Cola plants which are contaminating yeah. their only water source and, uh-huh. and, you know, things like that. But, 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 you know, it's so funny because I'm really glad you, 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 you brought that up about the freedom thing. You know, one of the hardest things to do is express your opinion of how you don't feel so free here sometimes um, because if you dare do express that, then it's like you're taking it for granted. You don't, you're not an American. You're all the, you're this, you're that. But, but the thing is, is it, it cannot possibly be right. No, it can't no. be right yeah. for the body to wake up, um, spend an hour, you know, getting ready for work, uh, doing a commute that most people here in, in, in Southern California can do easily, um, an hour to work a day, maybe even two hours to work a day, and then you work your eight hours, but then you have your lunch, so yeah. nine hours at work. And that is not free. There is no, nothing no, free no. about that. And it's so hard, it's so nice to, and refreshing to hear people talk about that because because it, it, because to me, it doesn't mean I'm not an American. It doesn't mean that I'm against the government. It doesn't mean any of that. It just well, means you're, you're, I don't you're feel getting, free. 
you're generally talking to people that have never experienced it. They, they, they grew up thinking we, this is the best country in the world. This is the best food in the world, the best economy in the world. And they don't realize they're slaves. They just, they, they can't fathom. They can't um, even fathom it. And way, they can't fathom a different way of living. You know what I mean? They're told they are. And they, and, and instead of, because see, the thing is, is if they have to say, okay, no, I, you know, I'm not as free as I think, then that means their whole life from that point on is going to drastically change. Oh man. I, don't I, had, want change. I, I, I had, I had to quit. I had to quit expressing my feelings because I'd be, I'd go out and let's just say I stopped at a restaurant or a bar or something like that and be talking to these guys and, uh, you know, and I'd be talking to these guys that work in the factories up here. The Wisconsin's very blue collar, and uh, um, I start saying, well, well, how do you do that? And they'd be asking me how I get around, how I do things and stuff, and it, I'd start coming up. I said, well, you, oh, you, you can't do that because you lose your insurance. Oh, you lose this. How you, how am I going to pay my mortgage? You know what I mean? All right. these, all the weights of the world would start coming down to them. And they, right. start getting mad. they start getting mad at me because I'd be telling them, oh, yeah, you can do that. You don't need that. You can do that. There's always a way around that. And uh, I, I, I actually show to them what's enslaving them, and they get, they get really, really mad and take a real attitude at me. You know what I mean? So uh, I'd have to, next thing I know, I'd be asked to leave the establishment. You know what I mean? So it's like you can't bring this stuff up to them. Um, oh, no, you um, can't. And even if you try to show them, which I – I don't even do that approach. What I, what I do, and I'm not saying that you do. I'm just saying I try, I, my focus is to try to never actually act like I'm showing them. So instead I'll be like, I had this conversation once. Um, I was talking, we were talking about Wi-Fi um, in the hospital. And uh-huh. I said, oh, oh, I never use Wi-Fi in the hospital. Um, and the guy's like, why not? Or the guy goes, why not? I go, oh, because, well, first of all, you'll, you hardly, you'll never see me with my phone, really. I mean, right now you see me with my phone, but, you you know, I'm, I don't carry my phone around. I'm not using it while I'm working. It's locked up in the locker. Uh-huh. Anyways, I say, so first of all, it doesn't really matter. But second of all, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to sign up to, to the Wi-Fi just for the, just for the privacy reasons alone. You know, I just, because, you know, our, the company, you know, wants us to, you know, agree to their terms and all that. And I'm just, I, I just don't like that. I don't like that feeling. And they'll be like, yeah. what do you mean you don't like that feeling? And, and they actually get mad and, 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 like, have this attitude. And this person that did, that started having this attitude, it kind of threw me off because this was a really nice person. And, and he's yeah. always been nothing but sweet. And I said, well, you know, it's just one of those things. I said, you know, it's not that, you know, I'm worried about somebody, you know, monitoring me or it's not that I'm worried that I'm doing something wrong. I don't. I don't see the point. I don't like it. I don't like that, that I have to agree to it. You know, it's kind of like that, that thing in me that says, you know, no, I don't have to do this and blah, uh-huh. blah, blah. And, and so he's, he's saying, well, if, you're not, if you don't have anything to hide, then what's the problem? And he starts getting really upset. And I finally looked and I said, I said, look, you use the Wi-Fi and I'm not getting upset with you. So I don't use the Wi-Fi, but what's the problem? And then another guy spoke up and he goes, yeah, I don't use the Wi-Fi either. But, I mean, even just going against something so simple as my choice, see, to me that wasn't very free. I'm not living in a free country, you know, I am, but you know what I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not in a free environment if I've got my coworker getting pissed off at me because I make a choice I don't want to use Wi-Fi and I'd rather use my G3 network. I mean, come on, you know. Uh. And, and see, it would be one thing if I said to him, look, you shouldn't be using it because this, 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 and that. You know, these people get so defensive and they believe what they want to believe and what they're told to believe and they get angry if, if, if the idea even comes that there is another a choice out there, you know? So, do, you, yeah. do, you, do you make me think about something? It's like, uh, um, 
I'm in my 50s, so uh, I, I kind of experienced uh, I was very young, the last of the 60s, but the 70s anyway, okay? And um, yeah. so um, now if you go back to, like, what these kids are, what we, you know, was the, the attitude of what was going on back in the 70s, it was kind of like um, um, it was anti, anti-establishment. It was really uh, part of it. It was kind of the turning of the 60s and the 70s, you know what I mean? And um, uh, house parties, uh, uh, communal-type living, um, you know, anti, anti-disestablishmentarianism, you know. And uh, um, it was actually, there was, a, you know, a lot of, there was a lot of bad things that came out of it or came into it, but there was actually some good things out of it, just that, that, that type of an attitude. Um, I think all that's been lost, you know what I mean? That's been washed over and lost now. Um, um, but it kind of comes back to what we're talking about. They were people were looking for a different way to live. They knew that this was not the right way to live, you know, and they need they wanted change. They didn't want this uh, forty hour week. They didn't want to be an insurance salesman all their life. You know what I mean? And right. uh, I think then the eighties came in and uh, they kind of gobbled us up with the money, uh, society wise in America anyway, free money basically, and things boomed and stuff. And people all of a sudden they wanted, you know. Commercialism came in, a nicer car, nicer house, and things like that. You know, and uh, I don't know where we are today now, to be honest with you. It's, it's gotten totally out of hand. It's uh, commercialism, uh, total slavery has come, it's come down to like now total slavery now. People, uh, the society got that commercialism, commercialism bug, and that drove the society. And um, I mean, you make more money being a stockbroker than you do working and building something. You know what I mean? And uh, that was like the 90s, all right? Um, yeah, absolutely. 2000 came in. They lost that money. They wiped that out. Uh, it looks like we're going into socialism and communism now. Is the next is the socialism is the next step. I mean, you watch these yeah. democratic debate and stuff. They're talking like 90% taxes and stuff. So, I mean, I've got this philosophy. It's like, okay, the banks, the banks control the politicians, control corporations. Is coming down now that they want everybody's money. So, commercialism, right. 90% 90% tax. And the government will take care of you. That's the that's what we live in right now. Um, oh yeah. Uh, it's, and the thing is, is people um, people. What I notice have ha- okay. So there's a couple things as far as like what people talk about, what people bring happiness to people. What I've noticed is that people people don't even know how to talk anymore. So the, the focus is about the Kardashians and things like that because they're yeah. they're desperate to want to fit in still. They're desperate to want to have a point and to be heard and to be looked at as intelligent. So their facts are, are ridiculous things and, and their conversations are absolutely pointless, but they really have no idea what to talk about. And they're so scared of the word drama and, and uh, confrontation that if anything is not easy to, to talk about for them, which is the Kardashians or something, then it's automatically, if they don't know what it is, then it's automatically drama, which automatically puts a block and they just, they're done, they don't want to talk about it, or you're, you're, um, well, you're, you're confronting, or you're this, or you're that, or you're weird. Um, has, this, it, has this generation just never, never had to uh, think? You know what? On their own, you know what I mean. It's all been it's, it's all been bought and paid for from the television or whatever programmed into them, so they don't you know, so they don't have to think, you know. And you kind of you break know, that mold on them and make them think, and they get scared. They either uh, well, they either run yeah. away or they or they turn on you. You know what I mean? Absolutely. There's an experiment done. Um, there was a study done where this man, um, this actor, he laid in the su- he he laid down in the subway, a busy busy su- subway station, 
um, lays down on the ground and he pretends he's injured. And, you know, he's pulling it off. There's probably fake blood. Who knows? So he's injured. He's laying there. There's, you know, dozens, hundreds of people walking past this man. He's all by himself. He's laying there. And um, it took 20 minutes, the average. They did, they did it several times. The average was 20 minutes before somebody would respond. Well, when somebody did respond, they they stopped, they went down, they, they got, you know, on the ground and they were checking him out, CPR, whatever, um, you know, maybe not CPR, but they were they were attending to him. And the, the moment that somebody made that choice, the rest of the people came to as well. So within, you know, 30 seconds, there was five people next to that yeah. man on the ground. And they yeah. did this over yeah. and over again. And so it's like people, they're they're insecure. They don't know what to talk about. They don't know. I'm not talking about all people, but, but people I work with, most people, um, they don't know what to talk about. And then they will talk about what the other people are talking about and what they think other people want to talk about. And this, these conversations are just, like, absolutely ridiculous. And... Um, <laughs> It's just, it's just unbelievable. Environment stronger than willpower. You know, even if some people really want to have deep conversations and they're in a room full of people that are all staring at their cell phone, they're not going to, their yeah. not going to spark it up. Me, on the other hand, I don't care. I'll spark it up. You know, I'll always I, say how I, I feel think, if I'm I, not, I, I think I think we're living in a generation, the last couple of generations that grew up on the couch watching the television. You know what I mean? And uh, they just not, they've never done anything. They They don't. And I'm not saying everybody, but, you know, over 50%, over 60% of the population, anyway, no doubt about it, you know. Um, oh, she, oh, my gosh. She, and, you know? Medication is part of it. For instance, a woman at the store oh with God. two children yeah. that are screaming, I want, I want, screaming bloody murder. The mom's staring. She's, like, zoned out completely. She's not even responding to her children. They're, her children are, like, you yeah. know, it's not the kid's fault, but they're absolutely causing ruckus. People, yeah. I mean, it's bad. The mom doesn't even realize it's happening. So there's probably a, there's a big thing like fluoride, fluoride in the water and the stuff that's in our food oh and stuff like that. that and, out. Okay, and you know the chemtrails and what they're doing, you know how, what they're doing uh-huh. to the mines, and then also, uh-huh. and then also the work, 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 work. I mean, there's some, there's some single parents or or even just parents in general who who are, who have like three or four jobs. I mean, these people are working so much that all they really can do, and I hate to say this, I really hate to say this because I always believe there's a way. So I don't really yeah, agree, agree. Agree. I don't right think they have you. to do this, but I mean, how many hours a day do you have? The kid goes in front of the TV quite a bit, or if the kid is being babysat by somebody, the babysitter, who knows what type, or even at daycare. I mean, it's just, it's like the the whole work, the whole, you know, some people spend, you know, 12, 13 hours just commuting and working, and, yeah. and then, yeah. you know, well, the whole well, we environment the world, is, is And designed. we live in a world now, though, that even by doing that, you can't make ends meet anyway. You know what right. I mean? I mean, everybody's going to be on the government dole pretty soon. This, I think this is, they're using this tool, raising taxes, uh, raising the inflation's kicking in. Um, this is where I'm kind of sitting at right now. With uh, It's like I can't make enough money to pay my bills. And so I, this is what they're doing to everybody. It's just not me. They're going, oh, to, yeah. use this tool. They're going to use this tool. This is the, the tool and the method they're using to bring socialism in. I, I believe. Okay? Oh, absolutely. There's, they're going to keep on doing this. So like, like we got like 50, what do they say, 47 to 55% of the people are on food stamps and uh, government housing and everything right now. Well, and those people are being offered free cell phones. 
Yeah. Obama, no, it's called assurance. It's Obama cell phone and uh, Wi-Fi. There, I mean, and so when you're on those, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure everybody else is being off of that too. I don't know, but 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 they're but they're advertising these free cell phones and Wi-Fi well, as yeah. a welfare office. Well, you know, you're missing the big point. Obamacare. Okay. Now, 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 insurance. As I say, it's how they're how are they getting the middle class? Oh, well, I just sign up for Obamacare. Okay, next thing you know, you're on this government program now. That's the start. That's one of the tools yep. they use. And yep. um, um, I mean, they keep on talking. It's, I, I hate to say this with the money coming in. I used to make pretty good money in my life, my career. Um, yeah, I'm sure I you mean, did. Now like, sudden, I... I'm going back into it now, and I'm looking at like, okay, between 35% federal tax, that <laughs> they're raising the Social Security to 20%. So now we're at 55%. State of Wisconsin's 8%. I'm now at 62 if I got to pay for Obamacare, that's another twenty percent. I'm in an eighty, eighty-five percent tax bracket now, okay? Because I'm not, I'm not taking any government benefits. I mean, this is this is the shocking thing which is going on in my life right now. It's like I'm going to be over fifty percent tax bracket. It's unbelievable. I can't make it. Yeah, so, I, I'm the average guy out there, you know. So um, I, I have friends, uh, most a really good friend. She called me and she was having a breakdown with money, and I had a, I had a breakdown with money about ten, fifteen years, about ten years ago, where it gave me like this panic attack that was so gnarly. I thought I was having a heart attack. I blacked yes. out. I couldn't yes. walk. I mean, it was really bad. And, and it was all over money. And um, from that point on, I realized I, w- I wasn't gonna, I knew I had panic and anxiety issues, but I knew I wasn't going to ever have that ever, ever happen again, especially over money. But um, uh-huh. so, what, what, so what the truth is, and this is what I try to tell my friends um, that come to me, is I try to break it down real simple. So the United States government produces, you know, financial records, uh, reports every single year and even every single month. And you can find all this on the Department of the Treasury and other yes. um, government websites. Well, when they say that we're $19 trillion in the hole, uh-huh. there's uh-huh. actually $60 trillion in the hole. And uh, it's like all on the government's documentation uh-huh. that you can find right now through the yes. government. So yes. what it is, here's what I try to explain about people worrying so much about, you know, not paying I'm not saying you should pay your bills, but but what I'm saying is is when you're when you're 60 trillion in the hole, um, it's because the government the only the only thing the government has counted in 19 trillion is what they owe the banks and what they owe the foreign countries. That's it. So the right. rest of the money right. is promises. It's welfare. Uh, it's like there's like 200,000 yeah, 200,000 unfunded stuff promised right. down. Right, fight, like immediate you know, though, like right now, like the Social Security they owe right now, the you know it's amazing. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. so what I try to explain to them is, is like, okay, when there's when 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 the government defaults and they will, yeah, absolutely. Who are they not going to pay? Is it going to be well, the banks that they decide not to pay? No, no, the banks will just the banks will just create another facade. It's just all it's all a facade in the first place. It's all a ma- well, it's exactly. all a magic show. You know, exactly, but, it's all, but it's all made out of nothing. In oh, absolutely. Place, you know? but, but let's <laughs> just say the bank stopped printing. Let's say the Fed stops printing, okay, the Federal Reserve. Let's just say they stop printing, which they very well could. It could be their next step. It could yeah. be, you know. So when when that happens and there's all this money that's due, is the government going to default on the people's Social no. Security? Here, here's, what, no. here's, what they, here's what they're going to do. Here's exactly what they're going to do. They're going to go. Is, that's going to happen. Okay, go so what they're going to do is they're going to go after the people that own houses or own assets. Exactly. And they're going to take those over, and the government's going to own them. Then they're going to come exactly. up with a new system, and the, the government's going to own everything, and everybody's going to be on the government dole. Because they're certainly that's not exactly going to pay their promises. Doing. 
They're not going to pay their promises they to can't. people. So what they I try can't. to tell my friends is you, you, you have to look at this whole thing, just like you said, as an illusion. So what I do is I have all these quotes. So I send my friends, like I sent my last friend, I send her about 20 to 30 quotes. I've got hundreds and hundreds. And we're talking wow. about from, you know, Woodrow Wilson and, and war, warnings of this from presidents because they're going to want to see some, you know, some big names in these quotes. And they're going to want to see how, how you know, the government, you know, whoever owns the money owns the world. You know, they want uh-huh. to see stuff like that. And then they just yes. go, holy shit, because they realize, they realize that, you know, um, they, they they realize that even our own government is saying it's a joke, basically, okay? So when they realize Absolutely. that, then hopefully that takes pressure off. But then also, um, what I explained is it's like they're so worried about being a bad citizen or being a bad consumer because they can't pay their, yeah. their credit card debt. It's just like, get yeah. out of it. There's ways you can either just file bankruptcy altogether or just get the heck out of it. But yeah. continue to, if you're in this so bad where you're making like, Five thousand a month, six thousand. You're making a pretty good income. I, I mean, you can't even live with roommates. And you're, you're, make, just, you're making me you know, think of something person, over. This the, person the doesn't even it. shop. This girl doesn't even have a shopping problem. For crying out loud, she doesn't have yeah. any problem. She's not blowing her money doing anything bad. She volunteers with children on her time uh-huh. off. I mean, and this poor woman, my friend, my best friend, she's going to have a meltdown because she's going to let the government down and she's going to let the credit card companies down. And I'm trying to tell her to screw them all because it doesn't matter. And I'm tr- I know how to get out, you know, I, I know how to get her out of it, but I can't give her, can't talk to her like that, of course. I just have to try to explain that it's just, you know, money is an IOU and it's, but, yep. but it works though, and it, it really it's works so, every time. Something, something I noticed over in like in Thailand and stuff, and the, uh, the the Buddhist over there, um, all of a sudden things like uh, it's called Jai Rai, heavy heart, and anything uh, the the worldly things start start piling up on you. Well, you basically just you leave and you go and you become a monk for like a month or two or three months and just live in the monastery. And you go back to school, basically. You know what I mean. And so, yep. um, uh, but you know, they they abuse it a lot over there. They really do abuse it a lot. They, people get in, like big trouble. Uh, like I, uh, I shouldn't even say this, but like you know, like a guy will get a couple of a couple of girls pregnant and stuff like that, and he just says Jai Rai and goes out and be the monk, and he thinks that he's cleansed. You know what I mean? So yeah, they, yeah. They, they can they can take advantage of the other side, but the, the whole the whole the whole system though is that. The world starts coming down on you. You just go back to the monastery for a couple of months, months and work. You know, you work in the uh, totally. you work in the temple and you hang out with the monks. You know what I mean? And pray and just meditate. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Reju- rejuvenate to come back out. You know. And the saddest uh, part about these people who who and it happened to me too, um, because we, we don't we don't we don't have outlets like that in America. There's no outlet like I just explained. There is there. You know They're I mean? just so worried about letting the government and the and these horrible companies down. And when they're truly good and they're truly doing everything right and they're working their butts off, and exactly. then here they are guilty as hell. At the end of the day, it breaks my heart because there is no loyalty that will come back to you from these people you're worrying about. And it doesn't mean that you're supposed to go out and screw people over. It means it means when our own government is sixty trillion in the debt, we. Yeah. They themselves don't know how to manage money. So no. we are in a system basically teaching you and everybody else how to not manage money. Now, you can be the best accountant and you can manage money the best, and there are people that are excellent at managing money, but the, the society teaches us not to manage it. It teaches no, us to fail, to, to pull out a to pull out a credit card debt. I mean, geez, we're, we're, you know, the economy's bad and we've got all this stuff going on, so what do we do? Let's give everybody hundreds of dollars for a stimulus. I mean, yeah. it's just, 
Things have really changed in the last 20, 30 years. I, mean, I remember back oh, like 20 yeah. years ago, 30 years ago, where uh, middle class, and as they say, I live in a blue-collar state up here, where uh, uh, guys working at factories could actually have a nice house. Uh, their wives wouldn't have to work. They still had enough money to buy, like, the place on the lake up north. They got their vacations, a brand new pickup truck every couple of years. They got their four, five, six weeks a year vacation. They went fishing and stuff, and they could have actually a very good life in their minds. No pressure, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, those days are gone now. Those there's no absolutely no way. I don't care if you make a hundred grand a year, you can't do that anymore. If you got a, a house and a wife and a couple of kids, you know what I mean? Oh no. Um, you just you no, just can't do it anymore. Can't. So there's no. So like you say, this 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 system is is uh, fading quick, and there's going to be. And- I don't know how Another, long keep it going, you know. Those oh the system, though. Another thing that it just blows my mind is um, the American dream, okay? So we've been ingrained that, that there's this American dream. Now, now here's the thing, okay? There's a rise and fall of every nation. Um, the people that are stuck with this American dream, um, it breaks my heart because, yes, there's opportunities everywhere. Uh, first of all, opportunity can mean good, and it can also mean bad. Just a lot of people don't realize that. But there's opportunities everywhere. Um, still in America. However, the American dream, the idea of the American dream, is still just as large and alive in people's minds. And it comes down to people feeling guilty and they're not doing good enough. I see a lot of hardworking people who aren't getting their American dream because they're told it's there. But see, the way that it really is, is, is you should be looking at the world as the American dream, as, as, the, as the world dream, because there are countries where right now when the dollar's still high, uh, their dollar is, is extremely low. And that is how dreams are built. So when we're so stuck looking for this American dream here in America, um, you could be looking elsewhere, and with just a little knowledge, you could be actually having yourself the real American dream that you really do believe is here, but it's not. And and, and then back to the socialism thing, all of these people who, um, you know, are, are so about the free this and the free that and the free that. Now, I, I'm in the middle point where, I can see somebody. I I've used food stamps. I've made I've made a ton of money, and I've been broke, and I've had a few different businesses. And for one uh-huh. year, I used the food stamps, um, and then I didn't need it. It was, it was less than a year, but I I didn't need it. Uh, they still tried to offer it to me, even though I didn't need it. I said no the, the second I didn't need it. Um, and by the way, while I had the money, I didn't need all the money for myself. So I always took a friend in need. That there was always somebody as uh-huh. a neighbor. I would uh-huh. take her two different women, I would take them shopping, so I would stretch it out from two people, I needed to where to shop to get the best quality, anyway, I really, but, so, for, for a situation like that, that was, that was great, I could have lived without it, but that, that was great, it helped me out, but the people that get on these programs, they don't get off, and then they, more and more and more, it's, they have, they're, they're insolvent, they're insolvent, they can, they no longer are able to even function, make decisions Absolutely. for themselves, and what they're doing is they're just destroying, they're, they're they're crippling themselves, and they think some of them are so bad. They think that ha ha, I'm getting I'm getting this I'm getting this system. You know, some people are like that, of course, not all of them. But yeah, even the ones yeah. that just think, oh, I really need the help, they don't realize that every second you're you're saying yes to that help, you're you're creating yourself um, less and less independent. You're taking away one of the most valuable things you have is your soul, yourself, and exactly. you're just allowing somebody. You're on autopilot at that point. You're just on autopilot. 
You're you not have no choice. It's and terrible. The, the, monkey, the, and the, the whole mindset, that's where the junk food comes in and everything. It's a little bit you get for food stamps. You're eating junk food. You know what I mean? And you're not doing it. A couple of generations this goes on and it just it gets set in. I know I know families. I mean, um, oh, man, this whole society, this whole underground society is based on this, if you know what I mean, any city out there. It's just, uh, boy, I don't know how to break this. Uh, Wait, you said junk, did you say junk food? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, these, these, Absolutely. All these people oh. that I know that are a majority of these families that you know finally get down that low, just that they just accept that that's where they're going to be. You know, they're eating the junk food, they're eating processed food, they're eating yep. potato chips, they're eating. They no you know, they're, they're no they idea. just have no knowledge of how to get. They almost like accept their demise. They do. Uh, that's what I mean by by they just like they they, they are on autopilot. They let because see what happens is is like what I wanted to do uh, a few years ago. I was going to go back to school and and be a nutritionist, and that's I mean I just want to do so many things. But what I wanted to focus on was a, a program or a situation where I would either travel the world and go to third world countries or just stay right here, uh, but teach people how you can eat healthy for nothing uh-huh. for nothing. And people think that you have to have top ramen when you're on food stamps and you're poor, that that's what you have to have, that's, that's your choice. You have to have that, that crap, potato chips or whatever. I mean, I don't think they, they think they have to have potato chips. A lot of yeah. people think that that's really, because they go to the store and they see the 99 cents and then they see, but see, they don't shop around in any other store. They don't realize, they don't realize so much. And and, and, yeah. and, and, and the government's not trying to teach them that either. They're not trying to give them food stamps and help them no, choose what no, no. foods to buy because if they did that, maybe they'd grow a little bit of brains in there and maybe want to get off those food stamps, you know, who knows. But, yeah, it's all keeping them down. And then they're offering the free Wi-Fi phone, which is like, to me, just one of the scariest things. I mean, it, when they start offering the free Wi-Fi in general, uh-huh. I mean, we're going to watch this whole world jump for joy, thinking it's the most wonderful thing in the world. And it's just another, it's just a whole other one of those things to me that scares I mean, that scares the crap out of me. Yeah, you know? it's, another, it's another system in place, you know, to monitor and uh, uh, de-evolution. How's that? You know what I mean? De-evolve. Oh, yeah. People, you know? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Well, so we put up this every day. There's, there's, there are people talking about this stuff out there, but as far as people in America, I don't know. As I say, is it the fluoride in the water or the program we've had going on? It's just not going to change. It's definitely going to happen. It's definitely going to happen. What these uh, what these idiots in charge, whatever their agenda is, uh, they're going to get it. There's no doubt. It's, I think it's too late. You know what I mean? Um, all these guys that uh, grew up on the farms and grew up self sufficiency stuff. I mean, all these guys are dying off. They're all 60, 70, 80 years old. If you know what I mean? The ones that went through the last depression and stuff like that. Um, people haven't had to haven't had to take care of themselves lately um, for the last two, three, four generations anyway, at least, if not more. And, uh, you know, it's, I don't know, uh, this it's, a, it's, it's, it's not looking good out there. You know what I mean? No, it's no, not. There's like, what, there's like 100 and, 125,000 farmers um, or 225,000 farmers have committed suicide. Um, suicide. I wish I had my numbers with me, but there's, um, there's like, there's like, God, there's like a thousand a month or something that they're just, this has been going on for years, you know, because, so it's like, the the point on the farmer thing is, is it's like, I mean, all the resources of knowledge for people that aren't willing to get out there and look for themselves and, and all the resources are just being taken away. And, and when you're given things for free all the time, that means you don't have to do anything. You don't have to research what's the best 
um, health care insurance for me? What is acupuncture a better idea? You don't have to yeah. think like that because a free medical insurance is your answer. That's it. You know, and so those are the same people that you know don't know how to have the conversation, so they don't question anything because everything is just given given to them. So why question it? Yeah. But it's the same people that everything's black and white. It's either yes or no, which. You know, they argue right. with people about things because they have no idea that there could be a middle position or or a hundred middle positions, and it's just oh, it's just so sad. And then those are the people yeah, this, that are this, also this is this is George Orwell's like, this is George Orwell's 1984, isn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah, I just I wish some of these people could like step outside because even though I, I've never traveled outside the country besides um, Canada and Mexico, like the continent, um, I I I. <laughs> I have. I think I have a very, very good feeling on how um, we're perceived. Um, well, not see, just because oh, of what I what I oh, read, oh, but just by meeting other people, meeting other all, cultures. Yeah, all the first world countries like uh, like England, France, and Germany and stuff, they're in the same boats we are right now. Okay, the only place you can find the freedom is in the third world countries. Right. Like if you get on Belize or uh, Thailand, still pretty cool. Um, um, right. I, you know, you got to go to a third world country. I've never been to African stuff. I'm, I know, I think that's like a living hell over there, to be honest with you. But I've never been there before. I, I didn't it's meet some guys heard, down there. I've heard it's changed quite a bit. They're, they're, um, the, it, it's, it's, um, the, the, the economy or however you want to put it, it's, it's growing. It's getting, yeah. it's getting more prosperous. And I feel like that that's happening a lot. In, like for instance, Colombia. Um, yeah. Colombia. There's all sorts of different. Uh, countries that are that are coming out of the ruins and see like, we're going down and it, there's a lot that are going like up and it's, Belize, you know, Belize is pretty cool. I've been down there. It's uh, but you, they say you got to go back to these third world countries. I did meet this group of guys at the airport that were uh, that hung out in Africa, moved over there, and they were telling me the same stories about they absolutely loved it. You know what I mean? So I can't I can't knock these countries I haven't been to. Um, last country I was in, uh, this is just back about six months ago. I was a uh, I got a contract for, over in Malaysia for like uh, two months in Malaysia, and that's an Islamic country over there. Um, that was pretty controlled, let me tell you. I think uh, any Islamic country has pretty uh, pretty controlled as far as freedoms and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but like uh, Laos was cool, Cambodia was cool, uh, Vietnam is very cool right now. But I, I think Thailand, of all the countries I've been to, Thailand's actually the best. I mean, it really is. Yeah. Um, as far as freedoms and. Uh, laid-back people, and they've always been a neutral country, put it that way. Um, um, it's just a modern, rise and a fall, you know? There's a rise and a fall, and, and every country goes through it, and, 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 you know, sometimes a lot of people, a lot of Americans think that things are just the way that they are, and it's stuck in the way, and there's no change, but life is all about change. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, well, I mean... You know, you, know, you, can actually bring, you, you can actually bring that... Um, that, thir- that third world mentality, or I don't want to use third world on that. Though. I mean, even though if you live in America, your mindset, if you know this, you can actually, there are a lot of good things in America. I'm not bashing America. There really are. I mean, but Absolutely. like back to what we were talking before, don't listen to the radio. Don't don't let the propaganda get you. Don't let the controllers get you and stuff. There are, there still is great, uh, um, this probably is as far as uh, safety and things like that, one of the best countries in the world, to be honest with you. Oh, as far yeah. as, you know, um, I mean, you know, like anything else over there, you don't walk down a dark alley, you know what I mean, uh, with $100 bills hanging out of your pocket, you know. Uh, right. Common sense, you know. Um, I, I don't 
I, I think it's more the uh, it's more like the Wi-Fi and the television and the systems they have, which are really screwing people up over here. The, 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 it's the government is what it is, you know. Now you stand in this line. Here's where you get your Obamacare. Stand in this line. Here's where you get your medication. Stand in this line. Here's where you get your uh, you know your food stamps. Stand in this line. You know what I mean? Um, I look at it like there's an experiment now, and you're talking to somebody who hasn't traveled. However, um, just being having a diverse group of friends, knowing their family, like I have one of my best friends, um, they're Asian, they're Vietnamese, um, and, and and knowing their family, and, and it's a huge family, and then you know all these different cultures and people that I've I've met, and I and I, just just seeing the differences from 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 that. But sure. what I believe is, I think there's an experiment going on with every every country or every continent or however you want to look at it. There's there's, there's experiments going on throughout the world. And um, for instance, over in another country, they're they they're going to be suffering in, in tragedy over a situation that has nothing to do with GMOs. You see what I mean? Um, there's so for instance, um, you know, just like what am I trying to say? There's 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 good and bad in every in everything, but so, I think, yeah, yeah, they, they they could be doing different psyops in those different countries for different cultures. Yeah, so, and when I yeah. when I say experiment, I mean I really mean experiment. I mean like they're like with us over here, it's like the social, you uh-huh. know, you know, for they want everybody to have electronics here. They want us oh, all to have something smart. If you look at the at the price of things, the food's going up. Um, the basic. The basic needs are going up, but the TVs, the high definition, I'm sorry, the, the smart TVs are free. Oh, yeah. They're offering them free. The cell phones are free. The Wi-Fi, so all the technology is free, free, free. They're, you know, I'm not sure about, you know, things like chemtrails and stuff like that around the world. Uh, I'm sure it probably is around the world, but but I just feel like there's an experiment going on, so it's not like I would ever think, oh, if I just packed up and moved, it's going to be so much better over there. Um because no, it might no, not. That experiment might be might be worse, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, that's a, you give up. But and you things like our, like the family, and I've talked about this before, like the, the different cultures and the family and the way they interact, and I've always, I've never ever, I've always loved how like the Asian culture, the Hispanics, and probably several others, they are they work together, they live together, they they it's all about team. And they prosper. And when you do that, you prosper, you know. And they really yeah. understand the value. And here in America, you know, we want to be emancipated when we're 15 years old and, you, you know, things like that. It's like, you know, oh, my. You know, the, you know what the real truth is, and we've been talking about this before, but the answer is it's like um, if you're not happy where you're sitting at right now, this very moment, you're not, in, you're not going to be happy anywhere, no matter where right. you are. You so can't really run from your problems. So, yeah, like you say, like, Sit back, take a break, uh, find find your find your center. You know what I mean. Uh, talk to your God, talk to God. You know what I mean. Just uh, and, and and be aware that it's going on. I mean, it, it, it'll drive you nuts if you keep on focusing on it. And that's uh, that's what's going on in America and worldwide. And that's I think that's what's going on in my life too. You start focusing on it, and you can't do anything about it. But you got to find that inner peace. You know. Um, um, and when you're told all the time, you know, to that that you're in the land of the free, and we don't no drama, we don't like drama, and um, you're yeah. told you're told all these things, you can't accept it. You can't even yeah. acknowledge that it's yeah. real. What, what, and then, what did so I do? What did I do wrong? You know what I mean? Where, and your and your happiness is fake because you're told that your happiness is is what what the Joneses have in their Cadillac Escalade, and so now you're just. It's just like everything's lost. 
you know, I see so many people that, you know, yes, I'm happy, and, and they're clearly not ha- happy, but who am I to judge and say you're not happy? I just, I, I you can just tell, you know, it, it's autopilot. Yep, I'm happy, I'm happy. I, I don't know. Sometimes I think, and I mean, I've never, I've never, I've never cared about money, like, ever. Even when I was a little yeah. kid, I, you know, I've always been interested in, in, in making it as far as, like, having a business or an idea and then watching it, um, you know, manifest and then, and then progress and then that goal. So that part's fun. And, of course, you need sure. money to survive and live, and money gives you options. You know, if I want if I want a property in another country, maybe I need some money for that, things like that. But but money doesn't make me happy at all. So it's so easy for me to, to know that money's not my happiness, and it's so easy for me to recognize that it is just about everybody else's happiness. And yeah. the thing is, is what, but, but what happens, you know, what I say to people, you know, what happens if um, you don't have money anymore? Then what's your happiness? And that's a really hard question for people to answer. Nobody really flat out says money is what makes me happy. But they say success and doing well in my job and then buying my dream home. So it's always something about money. But it's like, well, what yeah. if there was no such thing as money? Then what? And people don't even know what to say. You know, they just, sure. they're just like, what do you mean? That's, that is happiness. <laughs> money is a school. Just the whole concept of money is, is a tool for somebody to really use. Um, there's so many things wrong with this. I hopefully, hopefully there's going to be a change coming up. Um, um, this, this discussion with friends and stuff like that, like we just went into a new age where maybe, maybe a lot of this stuff will be taken care of. Maybe we'll get back grounded again. Um, well, the I don't know how far you have to go back though to be able to correct it. Do you know what I mean? When you, society, you mean for like our, our government or the individuals? The people. Um, uh, individuals, friends, you know what I mean. Just discussions with them. It's like I think we got to take a step back. You know what I mean. Uh, how do you? It's like it's like uh, breaking uh, breaking a habit. You know what I mean. Breaking a mindset. Sometimes you got to take a step back before you go to the new mindset. You know. Oh yeah, it's instant yeah. gratification. So if your happiness is built on instant gratification, and you yeah. are a kid, and you learn this as a kid because you're screaming in the store that you want this, you want this, you want this, and as soon as uh-huh. you get it, you're instantly happy, and that's how you have been raised, and then you're an adult, and your happiness is instant gratification, then how can you possibly, like, that's your happiness, like, you, you, it's an addiction, you know, it's, it's crazy. You know, you know, you know I, and here's, I'll tell you, you know, back a hundred years ago, what made, what made man happy, okay, mankind happy? Let's just say, uh, let's go back 100 years ago, and let's say you lived on a little 10, 20-acre farm somewhere, and you went out and you plowed all day long, okay, and you came back home, and uh, through, the, through the years you built a chicken coop, you did this stuff and everything. There's a lot of food on the table. Your kids are there all happy and stuff like that. You're dead tired, but you got a lot of stuff done today, and you feel gratified at what you did this day. Then you spend time with your family. And go to bed. You actually look up in the morning to to go out to see how your fields are doing, or you got to take care of the cows or whatever like that. You know what I mean? Now and that's, it's as simple as that. It's as simple yeah, it's as that. Simple as that. Right. <laughs> that's a step back. You know. So and and the I'm, way that you feel about yourself is see yeah. that's you know that's true instead of like um, you know false false um, happiness or, uh-huh. or instant gratification. This is something that nobody or nothing can take away. So if you lose that money, you did all that, you did that work, you put your heart into it, right. and not, right. nobody can take that away from you. That's yours, you know? You know, as I, as I say, like, that, 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 
that physical attitude, though, too, of working hard and accomplishing something, there's so much gratitude out of that, which they don't have in this world anymore. You don't get that going to the office, you know what I mean, and, and doing somebody's paperwork and, play, and doing something on a computer. You just don't get that oh, going to yeah. an office, you know what I mean? Whereas uh, what I explained was you're actually going out, and two months later you see green stuff coming up, and you have a harvest. There's a whole natural process of, you're working, there's, you know, you're actually built, you know, and, and there's downtime, you're building a barn or something or, or building another house or something, you know, there's a. I uh, love that because grab, I, one, you know. one of the things I wanted to do, um, I always had these ideas. And so I, what I, what I wanted to do is start like an after school program um, where it's a garden. So the kids are, you know, outside, well, they're getting the sunlight. Okay. So they're outside um, and they're building a. We're doing a garden. So they're learning everything about soil to you know what what you just said. You know, actually watching what your labor has done produce right in front of your eyes, then uh-huh. eating it. And it's like they can do things like that 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 cost nothing. And you know, because they already have after school programs. So uh, you know, there's things like that, and that that could be like life changing. And that is that could teach true happiness to people yep. um, at a young age. But, but the way that the way that we are is the way that it is as far as the government and the money and how it is going. Um, now you know we're at the point where China developed its, its own payment system. You know about that, right? Uh, uh, its own payment system. Yeah, it's what do you called mean? Um, it's called C C I P S uh, Chip Chips Chips. Okay. I guess so. It stands for China International Payment System. It started about three or four months ago. It's now okay. It's, okay, they've been developing the system for two years, <clears throat> and it all—it's always—it's all because um, uh, our our government, our bullies, and uh, this is how I I looked at it—is that we're bullies in this particular situation. Uh, so China, there's a bank of there's a bank of China in New York City. There's also one in Los Angeles County, but um, mm. originally there was only one in New York City. Well, all the money in the world goes to New, go to New York. It gets processed, and it you know all the yen, all the euro, all that goes to 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 you know the United States, New York gets processed through our banks, and then gets spit back out as dollars. So <clears throat> for up until now, we're the only ones that have ever done that. This is all our thing. Well, yes. China got so fed up with the government demanding these financial records always, like up their yes. butt. You know, yes. they finally said screw you two years ago, and now they've developed their own. System. It's uh, it's a payment system, so it's a way for banks to put their money through chips. Um, yeah, chips is with an eight. I've heard a lot of this. <clears throat> yeah. So when it first started a few months ago, you know, twenty banks have have already signed up. Now this thing could flop. It could be worthless and not work out at all, or uh-huh. it can become a huge success. And if so, there's going to be a lot of other countries that would probably much rather try something else and continue. Uh-huh. Doing business with us, and so the point is, is something like that could take away our the money as we know it. Not, you know what oh, I'm absolutely. saying? I'm, no, I'm yeah, no, get, exactly. But I mean, no, no. people don't realize how fragile it is. It's not just the the sixty trillion in debt, which nobody even knows the sixty instead of nineteen. But they don't even, and even if they know it's nineteen, and even if it was, it's, we're we're not paying any of it. We're just paying, we're barely paying the interest on it. If if you even want to say that. Um, so there's so many ways that this system can go false. It's just for an individual to have their happiness on anything that has anything to do with money um, is is so sad. And I know we have to have it. I know we have. There's people have children. 
they have to take care of their children. But there's, it's just, it, it can't be the way of your happiness because like any other thing that the government gives you or tells you is, is right or whatever, they can take it away just as quick and then who are you? See, at the end of the day, you have to break it down. Who am I as a person? Without mm-hmm. anybody else influencing me, who am I mm-hmm. and what do I want, well, you know? I, I, I personally believe in God, and all I know is I know that God did not intend man to live on this earth under this, under this oppression, and the system is not right. There's this, it's totally, uh, like I say, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a magic act. It's a, it's a facade, you know, and yeah. uh, it's, it's slavery. This is not right. I mean, you know, I think man, man has the ability to be self-sufficient, you know, and, uh, and, and, and community, too. You know, the people that need help, you help them, you know. Um, you know, I, I travel yeah. I, I do quite a lot of traveling. You do not see people, even in this poor country, you don't see people laying on the side of the road starving and dying. There is a God taking care of everybody. The system, right. it's, here, it's here, but we've been so, um, um, this, uh, it's been so hidden from us, we just don't, we're not in touch with it at all. You know, hidden, I mean, hidden, exactly. It's hidden. Because the you know? thing is, is people are, you're so powerful. You're so incredibly powerful. And when I say that, I mean, like, I'm thinking of um, how a lot of Christians are being taught that, you know, um, now, don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to say we're, we're all gods. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying we are so powerful and capable, and we can oh, yeah. do so many things. And when, yeah. we're, when we're taught things like, um, you know, we're, oh, what are we? We're just this mighty, minuscule little grain of dust that in the wind of this huge universe or or you know god's god is um you know god god is the almighty i understand i believe all of that but but we but but it's all fully taken away from who you are too as a person people don't realize how powerful they are and that's another reason that's another thing that's that's the whole suppression or being hidden and all that because they're they're it's, it's being told. It's being told to you every single day how unimportant you are and how minuscule your problems are. And you have a problem today. Oh, so does everybody else. What's the big deal? You know. But uh-huh. it's like it's like it's. But most importantly, how how powerful you are and how capable you are. And no matter Absolutely. what situation we, you know, people just surviving chemo well, and cancer. That, like when you go yeah. under chemo for a year and you survive it, that's not yeah, the doctor yeah. or the hospital that cures you. That's your body that actually. It's so powerful enough. It it actually well, beat chemo. I mean, how is that even possible? That's just. But that's that, not that, even talking that, about your mind that, either. That, that's that's you know? statement you made is a very. I mean, it goes a lot further than just that. It's like, uh, I don't think man knows the power. Like you say, they have like from their even their uh, psychic ability or mental ability or. Um, um, <laughs> it's been so suppressed down. We're, we're we're turning into vegetables. You know what I mean? Compared to what the, what is inside of us, and how do you how do you reawaken that? How do you get that going again? You know what I mean? Or how do you find the the hidden knowledge which has been uh, you know, hidden? It's been taken away from us. You know what I mean? But it's uh, I think that's the yearning is still in mankind to find that to uh, to uh, um, to get happiness back in his heart, self sufficiency back in his heart just to be aware of what's going on, you know? And, and people uh, overconfiscate for things like when they try to have these arguments about, you know, things that they don't really know because there is no proof. Like, um, I'm trying to have an example, like anything, like comments on, you know, um, uh, uh, po- political conversations. And they say, oh, no, this person is this, you know, so they try to overconfiscate on their power because I, I think the news know that they, I mean, they, they have to know they're worth something, right? So it's like instead of digging deep and realizing that you are capable of so much and just about anything you can put your mind to, 
they, they want to just be smarter than everybody else. And it's always this competition, you know, and, and it's, it's, or there's ego involved for some people, like they might not want to even think about the power that they have because they don't want to come across, it could be the opposite, they don't want to come across, you know, where, where they're so powerful and they don't want anybody to think they're the, the big ego person well, too. But but it's like you got to do something because otherwise you know, your I, only choice is to just go along with the flow and the herd. I, and, I, just, and, I, just, I just thought of something. <clears throat> it's like I don't think people know what they Excuse want. Me. First of all, they're so hidden, they're so disillusioned, they don't even know what they want. Do you know what I mean? Right. Right. And, uh, and uh, when, I, when I say that the statement, I'm actually questioning myself, what do I really want? You know what I mean? It's making me think uh, circular like that, back to myself. What do I really want, you know? Um, we're all That's a hard question. Talking. Yeah. You know? And, and what I, another thing I wanted to do um, was I wanted to develop, like, a class. And um, it, would, it would be a class that's, like, kindergarten for adults. And it's gonna, it would go over all of the things you were taught in kindergarten um, about character, about believing in yourself, about, um, about just being yourself. And there's simple things like that, um, you know, doing the right thing when nobody's watching and don't tell anybody that you did the right yeah. thing. There's, if, you, if people practice a few of these little teeny things, they can go back to realizing their power and then having um, – responsibility with it as well. well see, all, 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 this, or, all, this, you know. all this stuff used, used to be taught 50 years ago. You know that? Uh, it used to be taught when? Uh, as far as social social skills, social morals. Yeah. Um, uh, back when there was discipline in the schools, when the parents could discipline their kids. I mean, most kids got to be broken. I mean, uh, you know, kid, these people come out and say, oh, all kids are good. No, 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 not all kids are good. You know, um, they got to be shown. they got to be instructed. they got to be taught in the ways. Otherwise, they're not going to have that. And that, that's going to be installed at an early age, um, citizenship, uh, morals, um, uh, the golden rule. You know what I mean? It's like Most important nowadays, nowadays you steal something or you beat something up or go to the corner, do this or whatever. I mean, even when I was growing up, Society wouldn't allow the stuff that uh, these kids are doing today. Just basic society, just, just it was frowned upon. You know what I mean? Um, you couldn't well, do this stuff in open society, this rebellion. Um, absolutely. Kids and I think they crave were... it. They need it. They need that yeah. structure and routine. And, and then when they transfer into an adult because, you know, they don't have it, then that's when they get so stuck in their minds and, and then they start put. It's just, they, just like an animal or a dog, you know, they need... They uh, need to be shown these things. They need yeah. a routine, you know. And the, and the discipline behind it. it. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely, absolutely. It's just it's it's a it's a biological nature, right? You know, I mean, they've got to be trained. Uh, you, I don't know, you know. Uh, that's all. That's I mean, all out the window now. It's all if it feels good, do it. I mean, I was, you know, let's go back to the seventies again. That was they started preaching that in the seventies. If it feels good, do it. You know what I mean? And uh, maybe things started changing in the sixties and seventies to uh, come out to today, where there are. There are no rules. There are no morals anywhere, any, anywhere left. Um, maybe that's why there's less good people out there. You were talking about the guy who was laying down in the streets and acting like he needed help and people just bypassing him. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. That, that wouldn't have happened 50 years ago, you know? No. And, you, and, and I think everybody, I believe, I believe good. I believe, like, so much good more than anything, even though I, I can talk about all the things that are so messed up. I, I believe in good so strongly. I believe there is a spark in every single one of us where well, what, where, where we did you, somehow if they had a, if they had something they could 
get that spark going, and then it would just flourish from there on. People crave yeah. something. They crave direction. But the direction I'm talking about isn't that you have to set your alarm and get up and get in the car and, and spend 16 hours doing that direction. You know, people don't know what direction is anymore because they want to be told, and that's why they're some. And when I say people, I mean some people. I don't mean all people. <clears throat> I mean a, a percentage. I don't know the percentage, but but but. So now the instruction is, you know, you have to work, and it's all about working hard. And of course, I believe in working hard no matter what. That's so good for your soul. But it depends on what kind of working hard you're talking about. See, some people don't even realize the difference. They think if I'm doing this, this, and this, and that, then I'm working hard. You know, so therefore I feel good. But <clears throat> I just, yeah. I just mean, I just mean, you know, working hard. Like for instance, in the olden days, you know, we have a farm, and you, like you, what you were saying, when you get, you, you're feeding your family, and you have that gratifying moment, things like that. Um, uh-huh. But people, people, a lot of people have lost themselves. They don't know the happiness, and all they really need to do is just go back to what they learned when they were, when they were in kindergarten, hopefully learned, and just remember the character traits, you know. And and also the thing is, is when you feel good, you do good. So if you if you never know, all you got to do is assess yourself. How do I feel right now? You know, sometimes outside influences can make us feel bad, but generally it can all come within, and that's your guide right there. You know, and people are, we're always taught to not listen to our guide because just like with the study, you know, we do whatever the hurt does what everybody else does. And yeah, I'm pretty honestly, where did you get your moral compass from back when you were a youth? From um, your parents, or from school, or from uh. Uh, just your surroundings, your community, or just, just kind of curious question. I'm, I've I've always had uh, I've always had it. Um, I remember there, now my my mom, um, of course my parents. I would say definitely for sure. Um, you know, environmental or uh, yeah, environmental environmental factors. But but in general, yeah. just just I know what makes me feel good. Like when I was a kid, um, and I'd get an allowance. I would take the money and I would go and I would buy gifts for my family. So I'd go and, and just buy like these little cheesy little gifts, one for each member of my immediate family. Like that made uh-huh, me so uh-huh. good. And uh-huh. nobody told me to do that, but that's just what made me feel good. Um, but then I also had a few moments in my life that I remember, like for one instance, uh, my dad, um, we were driving in the car. I was in kindergarten. <coughs> and <coughs> we stopped at, we were at a red light, and I had I had asked a question. I don't remember what, but it wasn't about running the red light or anything. I just asked a question about about a red light or something, and, and my dad said to me, he goes, well, he goes, you know, there's a law that, you know, you have to stop at the red lights and you go at the green lights. He goes, but, but you just stop at the red lights because that's what you just do. That's what we do to work together. And that's, you know, so he just explained something about, okay, I totally forgot what it was. But he explained something about it wasn't just because it's a law that we stop at the red light. It's because, you know, this is what we do and this is us working together. And, and you know, and I really, really liked what I heard and it just felt good. Um, but it, it's just, I just think I, I just think I, I just think it's all because I know that it feels so good to give and, you know, it doesn't feel good necessarily to brag and to have people go, oh, wow, you're, you know, you're wonderful. But it feels good to actually do the right thing. It just, that's, it has to be where I, I don't know, it's just a natural thing. It's just where it came from, you know. I mean, I can't, I can't imagine it any other way, so I'm not exactly sure, but. 
yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty interesting. The whole thing's interesting, you know. Are you there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I hit the mute button by chance. Oh, that's okay. Um, yeah, I, as I say, I, I can agree with what you just said there, and I, I think it. Uh, I don't know where it came from, either environment or whatever, but it kind of really comes down to the gratification and the, uh, if you want to call it the magic of it, the benefits that come out of doing the right thing when nobody else does. Kind of a, to me, it was really kind of a magical type experience. I mean, the character building that came out of it, and just knowing you did the right thing, and um, you may not see it right away, but what I saw was years later, people would remark on it and and notice it. You know what I mean? It was like oh, yeah. an example. You know, you don't. I, I didn't see it in the first place. It was just me just knowing that you're supposed to do the right thing. And I'm not saying I've done the right thing all my life. I'm far from it. It's a learning right. experience. Right. You know totally. I mean? Me too. Yeah. You know, and uh, but, as <clears> I see, but once you once you learn that, and uh, maybe it came from above, I guess, but. Uh, it's like the benefits that come out of it, and you kind of, kind of, kind of see the way the system works, and you, um, the world, yeah. works, you know. What I mean, the real world, not, not, not this fake world that we live in, the real world, you know. And it's, uh, and I guess, I guess, biblically, it kind of, you know, what Jesus said was, that it's the power of love. You know what I mean? Um, you can break all binds with the power of love. You know, and maybe it's all about maybe, love. Yeah, and that, you know, that's a, that's a, uh, a hard concept to, to teach people or to even talk about love. They, um, love is a very misunderstood concept, you know what I mean? And I think it just comes down to fitting in and doing what's right, you know, and, and loving, like, you know, say, love your neighbors, you love yourself, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, there, there's, uh, there's this meditation guide that my counselor had given me, and it's called Love and Kindness, and it's off of uh, Buddha.net website, and it's Love and Kindness, and it's a 20-minute uh, listening uh, audio, and it's all about just love and kindness. And, and I would listen to it, and I listened to it, and I listened to it. And about two months later, I said, hey, you, do you have anything else for me? You know, this is great and all, but, you know, I, I didn't, <clears throat> I, don't, I don't know how long I'm supposed to be listening to this. Am I supposed to be, you know, learning, listen, you know, finding new meditations? And he goes, he goes oh, no. He goes, Emily, this is, this is, this, uh, you know, when you're a monk, when you be, when, when people, uh, he was a monk, he was Christian, and then he was a monk. But now he's um, he's Buddhist. Anyway, when you live when you live when you live as a monk and you begin the whole meditation, you listen to this specific loving kindness meditation for an entire year, and it's really uh-huh. just as simple as loving kindness. And I didn't understand it. Um, I understood that it has to do has to have something to do with routine, um, you know, just to get in the habit of meditating. But also, but but as I as I as I grow older and reflect back on it, 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 I, it really is, that's what it's all about, is love and kindness. When I was a kid, I loved my, the elders, like old people and uh-huh. even just older people. I, was, I always had this love for respecting my elders. When uh-huh. they spoke to me, I really would listen to them, whereas some other people I might not even be listening on accident. I just, my mind uh-huh. would drift. So I really had this like connection, and I think that 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 love that I had for elders as a child, um, yes. I think that that's where I also got that, you know, the whole concept of of your conscience and things like that because that taught me how to feel good. I used to like visualize like helping old ladies across the street all the time for some yeah. reason. Like that was 
a big thing yeah. for me. Yeah. I would yeah, look yeah. out for them. I would, like, look out and try to find them so I can help them across the street, you know? <clears throat> you know, but, you make, you're making me think of something, and it's like uh, some of the coolest people I've met in my life have been um, – some of these like uh, mentally incapacitated type people, you know what I mean? Mental, because um, you know if they're um, they 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 basically don't live in our world and they 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 say what they see, you know, and what they do. So um, they say mentally disparate, like uh, people with like um, 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 what do they call them? Uh, you know, what I'm talking about some like uh, mentally disabled uh, people and kids and stuff like that. They're just the most loving people in the world, you know. Oh, um, yeah. They're just they're just like little precious little angels, you know what I mean? As I say they don't have any preconceived concepts or anything, and they 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 basically just as they say they they see something and they say it. It's like it's spontaneous, you know, no thought pattern behind it. But right. Have a, and uh, for some reason they like me. And uh, they come up with, all the time they come up and start talking to me, and I have the greatest conversation with these little guys, you know. And uh, um, man, it's I, like you know, I totally there's some, there's there's somewhere that I'm not, you know what I mean? So it's uh, it's it's pretty heavy, you know. Yeah, I mean, are you talking about like um, uh, like mental retardation or what things like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, like, like mental retardation and stuff. I I yeah, use they, Mongolians, you know, mongoloids, but you know, I don't know what the, what the correct PC term is for uh, for those type of people, but uh, you know, mentally right. Impaired, I can't, I can't remember. <clears throat> I can't remember either. Um, but like, uh, there is this one. Uh, that, well, they pick up their senses, you know. So when they lack a certain area, then the other areas are stronger. Um, so uh, that's why why they're drawn to you. Um, because yeah. they sense that from you. Their senses are super strong in some areas. There's this. That reminds me of this one story. This um this guy I worked with, he was the DJ in the magic show. <coughs> Sorry, I can't uh, something like hold on one second. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he told me about this story. Um when he was growing up he had a a deaf mute that lived downstairs from him in an apartment complex. And he mm-hmm. he he like trained or taught this person how to um Oh, geez, what did he teach this person? Um, okay, so deaf mute has taught this person how to read. No, not read. Yeah, read somehow. Uh-huh. Anyway, so some skill, and and I and I asked him, how did you do that? You know, blah blah blah. But um, he was telling me how amazing this person was because they were upstairs, um, and you know they would do these learning sessions daily or weekly. And so they're upstairs, they're having a learning learning session, and this girl, this deaf mute, all of a sudden, she starts, like, tapping her toes, and she stood up, and she starts moving her body like she's dancing. And he could hear the music from downstairs, the, uh, below the apartment, and it was music playing. And he can tell that she's dancing to this music. And he's like, how is she doing this? She can't uh-huh. hear you know, and well, vibration, vibration, vibration. Sure. yeah. Sure. And so she picked up the vibrations through, you know. So there's vibrations, like that's why I like when um, when Dave talks about the signatures. You know, everybody has their uh, uh, signatures. Well, yours energy signature. I forgot what the, what he says, but you know what I'm talking about when he says that. Um, yes. Yes. 
Absolutely. Okay, so like you have that signature. So that those types of people are drawn to you. That's my guess. That's my belief. Because they picked up, they see your signature. You know, they can see it a lot clearer. um, Maybe because they're lacking in other areas. Um, Uh, But I have the same thing. I mean, I have, I'm approached all the time with people asking for help or not help, like I'm in help, but direction. Just the most random, the random questions. I mean, not a Uh day goes by that somebody doesn't approach me and um, needs my services for some reason. And like the other day, it was in the fabric fabric store. And a lady had wanted me to uh, see, see if I can help her find a fabric that was similar to um, a dress that she had in her hand. And I did make it, I, what I said to her, oh, I'd absolutely love to help you. I said, and just by any chance, you know, if I can't, um, we can find some, we can find one of the workers here. And I'm sure she could too, if, just just uh-huh. in case. I, I wanted to make her aware that I didn't work there, but I didn't want her to make her think that I didn't want to help her. You know, because if if I don't know what I'm talking about, she's going to think these Joanne Fabric employees don't know what they're talking about. You know, so I want to make sure I'm not a professional person here. But, but yeah, I'm approached like that all the time. And so I believe that there's like the signature thing that uh, comes out yeah. of me as well. But, but it's, it's kind of yeah. funny you bring that in, in, in animals too. <laughs> you know, like, uh, oh, yeah. In, in wildlife animals and stuff, it's, uh, I don't know, you know what I mean? Maybe I'm just not a threat to them, you know, I guess. I mean, they can probably read that, you know, so funny. Yeah, thinking about my, I mean, I'm just thinking like back dogs, about but... my grandmother used to tell me in the, I used to go in the backyard two, three years old and uh, feed the squirrels out of my hands. The, the squirrels in the trees, they'd come, she'd look out the window and I have two or three squirrels around me and I'm feeding them. You know what I mean? Like three years old. Oh, man. I, don't, I don't remember this at all. You know what I mean? But uh, funny stuff. You know what I mean? See, that's oh. happiness. That's, that right there is happiness. You know, that there's nothing that can get better than that. I have a, I have a bird that uh, a bird that used to fly like right past my face and and then he would like sit on he'd sit up and per- this was recent he'd sit up and perch on this little fence on my balcony and he'd hang out and then he'd play like little games with me and I'd like I'd I'd make a whistle and then he'd fly away but then he'd come right back and then he'd uh-huh. sit down low and he's like totally just hanging out with me I've had hummingbirds do that where they fly so low this one hummingbird flew so low and it's like flapping its wings. Hit, it almost hit my face. I could feel the wind. Fly it back up and then come back, do it again. He was like clearly just flying up and down right in front of me. But but dogs especially, you know. Oh, I, uh-huh. Yeah, it's it's and see and, and then back to the people who, you know, the people that are suppressed, um, don't have knowledge, stuck in their ways. You know, those people are missing out on all of this. And, oh, oh, what a, oh, what a happy world this could be, hey? You know? And that's why I don't even like to really judge them because I feel so sorry for them, you yeah, know? Yeah, but, yeah, But anyways, I'm just... I don't know. I'm pretty much, a, because of all the things we're talking, I'm pretty much a loner. <laughs> you know what I mean? I Thank God I have a family now. I uh, started a family late in my life, and it's, uh, it's my life now. You know, my wife and my daughters and stuff. I just, uh, I, uh, I don't really... I have enough uh, enough to do just taking care of them and conversing with oh, them. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I, I never, re- I never really had any information from my family passed down to me, so I feel it's a blessing that I can teach these young children. You know what I mean? About here's what's really going on. You know what I mean? We have a lot of fun. You know, I, I, I get crazy questions from my daughters all the time. Like you know, you know, like uh, <laughs> conversations like the flat Earth. You know what I mean? Or uh, 
It's really kind of I funny. love it. Yeah. I <laughs> love it. So, and I make them think. I say, well, I don't know. What do you think? I mean, so, you know, we look at both sides of it, and I kind of let them think about it. You know what I mean? And um, it's funny. What he's, they said, you have in school. Awesome. That's really bad in school. <laughs> my right. dad says the earth is flat. You know what I mean? They oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> how how um how old are the kids? Uh, nine and eleven. Hey, that's got, that's got, so awesome. That is I something to be that's something to be proud of. I mean, yeah. I mean, proud of them, but proud of proud of your yourself and just just be proud that you have a family like that. I used to um have the same conversations, and I'm so proud that I had that family, and you know, uh, it's just. I was raised to ask questions. I was raised to, you know, question things. And but um, that's what did yeah. you, what did your daughter say? Like, what did she say about flat Earth? Well, I, you know, it's it's really kind of funny. It's like uh, I just make them think both ways. You know what I mean? I mean, I yeah. Know they, well, we really joke around, and I, I come out with a statement: No, the Earth is flat. Don't you know that? You know, and that turns into a conversation, a joking conversation. But at least they hear the uh, the viewpoint. Um, all the stuff that I've noticed it took me. 40, you know, 30, 40, 50 years to figure out. I'm, I'm teaching them all that different stuff right now before they're even teenagers. You know what I mean? And it's just, it's going to make them think the rest of their life. You know, it's, uh, um, yeah. That, they, know see, that's the, what... they know about the money system already. They know about, uh, they're both, uh, we got them into modeling, a little bit of modeling and stuff like that. So basically they, they know all about the ins and outs of model and human natures and how you can be, you know, I let them know, like, TV programs doing stuff like that. Like, they see, like, these, you know, um, stuff on Disney Channel and stuff like that. I, I let them know that that's just fake. You know, that's just to, uh, you know, uh, to accommodate the sheeple out there and stuff. And they, they understand yep. that stuff already at 9, 10, 11 years old, you know. so They're so smart. Kids are so incredibly smart. And so yeah, what, you're I, doing, the way you're doing I, it, I, you're, you're, you're just letting, you're keeping their imagination, just like how the magic, you know, inspires imagination and stuff. And yeah. so you're just. By being, you know, giving them both perspectives and stuff, that's what I like to do all the time, too, um, I, I, with kids I, and everything. I, I You're keeping that alive for them. Everybody feels like they're talking to 24-year-old girls, you know what I mean? I bet. Like, as I said, they've had the experiences. They were born in Thailand. So, like, last time, uh, about a year and a half ago, we went back to Thailand, and you, you land there about, like, 1 o'clock in the morning, okay? And this is Bangkok, 10 million people there, right? So, basically, so listen, um, I had my buddy from St. Louis down there who's uh, 58 years old with me, and so... We, uh, you know, walked out of the hotel and walked down the, the main strip in, ba- in uh, Bangkok. We're sitting at an outside restaurant with both of them. And, uh, you know, it's 4 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the morning. You know what I mean? And, and they're conversing with people. And uh, just, I'm just blowing my friends away because, they, as they say, they're like little ladies. They're little well-rounded. Um, so They're socialized and everything. And uh, they're protected and there's no fear. And, uh, and they get intelligent conversations with 50-year-old guys. Sitting, sitting, you know, on the side of a road at a cafe in Bangkok, Thailand. You know what I mean? So. Oh my gosh, that's yeah. You know what? That just makes me so so happy to hear that. I mean, I know there's a lot of parents out there that that are like that, but I don't. You don't get to hear or see it as much. Um, you know, you don't. And and it's just it's uh what the advantage that. I mean, this is this is who we are. Those those children and and when we're born. That is who we are. We are. We are here. We we naturally are asking who, what, where, when, why, how. We want uh-huh. to. We want to keep our options open. We want to 
you know, question, is it flat, is it round? We don't ever want to lose those things. Now, we can move on to other topics as we grow older, but we don't ever want to just, as people, we're not supposed to just stop with that. That is not supposed to be, oh, they're two years old, that's why they're asking why, why, why. We're supposed to be doing that forever, and it's supposed to be on all different topics because it's stimulation, it's knowledge, and it's it's, it's exciting, and it's entertainment, and it's... Like and I it, said, in my, it, it, in my life, I had to I had to find all this stuff out the school of hard knocks because I never really, I had nowhere to go. I, my, my my parents didn't know the answers to those questions. You know what I mean? And so maybe that's all I'm doing is trying to pass on this knowledge to them. Um, they come home and like their history classes, their history books and stuff. We talk about that quite a lot. You know, and I they they're they're aware that. Uh, Anybody that wins the wars changes the histories. You know what I mean. So I kind of tell them, "Here's what the history really happens, and really, this is not. You know, there was there was more life here versus the pyramids you've been taught. Like four thousand years, mankind's been around. No, you know what I mean. Or right. we talk about the dinosaurs. Are there really dinosaurs? How old are they? And things like that. Pretty intelligent. You know, long term conversations about this, and they retain this stuff. That's the cool part about it. You know what I mean. And, and the uh, cool part is also that these kids, these kids can ask a question like, "What do you think about the flat Earth?" Where I would say ninety percent of the people in the world would be so scared to death to ask that question because the answer they would think would be, "Are you? What are you? What are you like a Neanderthal? Are you, uh-huh. are you serious? Well, you're going to ask if the, if the Earth is flat?" You know, yeah. people out there are so many probably want to ask that question and they they can't because they're so scared. People are going to think they're idiots. And so now your kids are being taught that not only, of course, you've always welcomed any question, no question, stupid, so they're going to be able to just continue to be themselves forever instead of being shut down like a lot of parents shut their kids down in many ways, putting them in front of the TV. Yes. Don't, don't stimulate anything. Don't. And then when they do ask questions, it's like, really? That's a stupid question. They might not use the word stupid, and some might even say stupid. And so that's where the kids have to look somewhere as they grow up, and what makes me happy, and what am I supposed to be, and then back into the old right right you, know, you keep on getting knocked down they they, they will they'll quit asking yeah. questions like because that so many you know, adults are, are scared just to ask questions and that's why it's like kindergarten for adults that's why if you just remember to be yourself and 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 people will love you who you are they really will i mean i'm naive i i could talk really fast i can I can. I'm a little dyslexic, so I get my words mixed up. I don't make sense sometimes. You know, we all have problems. And see, I accept that and I embrace it. And and it's not that everybody loves me, but I have people that I I, I get more positive feedback from being that way than if yeah. I try to not be that way. You know. It, so, you know, one of the big the biggest problems I see now is that the society we live in, and um, we got them like laptops like a year ago. And now it's it's hard to get them off the laptop. They just want to they want to stay in front of these damn screens now. You know what I mean? Yeah. So this is what we're combating. It's like one thing to, enough to see what they're doing in school and what they're teaching them. And we uh, I live uh, out out of the city, so we have a pretty good school system. I'm actually one of the best school systems. You know what I mean? So uh, yeah, I kind of keep totally. an eye on that. What's going to the school system? But now they like the uh, the 12 year old comes home now right to her laptop. You know what I mean? And so like an hour, all of a sudden you just won't see her, and uh, she's there. YouTube video on this and that and all this stuff. It's like, okay, what is she doing now? You know what I mean? So it's hard to break uh, break them away from that. So uh, uh, we do a lot of uh, extracurriculum things. Like I uh, already, you know, 9 and 11 years old, they went to like Fred Astaire Dance School and learned how to do all the dances, the competitions and everything. Uh, oh, horseback yeah. riding. Um, you know, kind of yep. busy. Uh, I just went horseback riding today with my 9-year-old. You know, you're an hour and a half class. You know what I mean? 
No, I'm, yeah, I'm that's, what, that's just, what we did. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, so as I say, you know, I, I got to break them away from this uh, technology going on and stuff like that. Have you uh, have you ever thought of like a challenge, like a fun challenge, like like hey daughter um, or daughters, I've, um, w- what do you think about accepting this challenge of you know not using your laptop one day a week? Like yeah. if you were to pick a day, I mean, would they be up for a challenge, like to see if they oh, could do well, it? Almost. You, no, you know, almost. I'm, I'm here's back to the discipline thing. I'm married to a Thai woman. Um, so basically, they won't do something or they do something wrong. They lose their laptop privileges for like two, three days even. You know what I mean? And she kind of monitors that. She sees it getting out of hand. She'll be right on it. You know, so. Uh, um, no, but I mean, as a, as a choice, like, to see if they can well, do it. Like, do you, like kids, that, that, you know, do you think you're capable of, of no, not, I, I don't of course, they're capable. But, you know, you know what I, I mean? Like, do you, I know exactly what you're saying. I just don't think it'll work. They're just so yeah. like, it's such an addicting force to them. You know what I mean? Um, right. I, I, was, I was the type that if somebody were, like, if somebody were to say to me, like, um, like, I don't even, like, Emily, I don't think you could be away from that laptop one day if, if you, if you yeah. had your choice. I don't know. I might want to take that challenge. But then again, at that age, dude, at that age is like, you're your own breed. You're just, yeah. <laughs> in so I, I'm many ways, point. you're. They're at the point, as they say, you've had them for like nine, uh, six or nine months now, and it's like, we're taking the dog to the dog park. There's a dog park we go to, and they run around and chase the tennis balls. And stuff. No, I'm just going to stay home. Well, why? You're just going to see him and watch your computer. Get in the car. You know what I mean? You're going yeah. to the dog park, you know? So it's like there's got to be some authoritative discipline there. Otherwise, they will just sit home and and play on the laptop for five, six, seven hours. You know what I mean? Right, so, right. You know, so. Yeah, and I think that's totally, I mean, unfortunately, it's totally normal. And they probably use it probably less than most kids. Um, but but hopefully, you know, they'll they'll you know, as they grow older, they'll, they'll, I don't know, we'll see. Teenagers are, well, they're, they're, well, I, I don't have any no, children, so, I, I look the other way about it. I, I know they're being programmed, you know what I mean? I'm allowing I know. First I place, know. So like, you know, I know, I know. how addicting it is and stuff. I catch myself, oh, yeah. you know, like yeah. I say, doing it, you know, like, uh, like I was telling you, I wake up every morning, I go to Drudge Record, and then I go to Facebook, and then I pull up, uh, you know, a couple other websites and stuff. Next thing I know, hour, hour and a half is done, and I'm still on the damn computer. You know what I mean? It's, what am I doing here? This is ridiculous, you know? Yeah. Why, 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 didn't I go to, why didn't I go to the YMCA or the health club today and work out? I sat here on the computer and decided not to work out, and my face is just sitting here in front of yeah. a computer now, you know, clicking buttons takes- and reading stories and, whoa, oh my God. you know? It takes Man. a lot out of you and that's and then so when I started doing lots of research which I do so much research and um I have like a little thing I'm I'm creating which is which is just it's hard copies of of articles and documentation and I've I've been saving printing editing but but the idea is to have like large binders um you know where I put the, the plastic sleeves and I keep these articles, these short, easy reads with good sources and just a ton of different. So I have these different binders for things like GMOs and then perhaps another binder on, um, you know, um, uh, world economics, um, you know, uh-huh. where I have quick, instant access. But what it's doing is it's giving me that, maybe that same, where, where some people like to, like, go on social media and check into their friends. And it's that same research type thing, but it's not, obviously it's not anywhere near the same because I'm, I'm learning, and the, but it's 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 a way to kind of be involved in technology still, so I'm not completely off the charts, um, <laughs> but not be in that Facebook world because God, to me that 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 was that 
that just sucked my soul out of me. I mean, I, I know there was a reason I never had MySpace or any of that, but I didn't really know why. And then when I finally got Facebook, I thought it was a good idea for the family members that don't live near that can we can keep in touch that way. But then I yeah. realized I realized when a couple of my best friends close close I have I have about five best friends because I love them equally just the same. They're all just so close. Um, when a few of them moved out of state, and these are people that I would see every day. When they moved out of state, I just lost touch with them. And I'd call them, and I would um, reach out to them. But they were on Facebook, and I wasn't. And I almost went back on Facebook just to keep that relationship going. But then I realized I can't allow that. Like, I, not, not about the person or individual, but for me, I can't allow that for my relationship to be based on Facebook. It has nothing to do with the person who moved, and I, I don't, I don't, it doesn't matter to me. But for me, it's like, in order for me to have a relationship with this friend, I'm going to have to have a Facebook, post comments on her page, wait for her comments. You know, I'd still call her, but it would be wrong timing, or she wouldn't get back to me. But see, it's also a part of, of, of accepting this Facebook world that people have, kind of being lazy. I, hate, I don't know if lazy is the right word, but just allowing Facebook to be your friendship, um, to be the medium for your friendship. And it's like, no, you need to call me and we need to talk and, you know, not just Facebook. Like, it's not acceptable to have my friendships on Facebook only, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. You, you I, don't really use, I, 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 I don't use Facebook too much at all. I, uh, more, I do it more for the comedy factor, I guess. You know what I mean? so, People will be surprised on on how how many friends they disconnect with, you know, if they swap their Facebook. I mean, yeah, I don't really have any. I don't have any uh, uh, relationship with friends uh, communicating like that. As, as I say, it's more for research or whatever. Uh, or uh, oh yeah, I, you know, I'll, I'll see an article on there. I'll click on it. I use it more as like a, a link back to the article and stuff like that. You know. So, oh oh yeah. I, I mean, for those reasons, absolutely. Also. You know, any business, marketing, absolutely. But, yeah, it's, it's quite interesting. Uh, Business-wise, it's probably a pretty good tool, but I just don't uh, – there's, so, there's so much new stuff coming out constantly, business communications and, and things. It's like, man, oh, man, oh, man. It's like uh, I'm, I'm at the age – I don't want to learn anymore. I don't want to learn how to Google advertise. I don't want to learn how to <laughs> – right. I don't want to learn, you know, what's it going to be next? You know what I mean? It's, just, it's getting so out of hand and so crazy. Um, I was forced to do it for a while only because business-wise, you almost had to, like, uh, you know, have a web page for your business and stuff like that. It's just the nature of the beast, you know what I mean? Sure. That was just the beginning of it. Now it's just it's absolutely crazy, you know what I mean? I actually started yeah. Google advertising my business and stuff like that, which was costing a fortune to do. But oh, I yeah. had to do it because my, my, my competition was doing it, you know what I mean? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah, you have to. You have to. I mean, it, <clears throat> I mean, I just can't imagine you not utilizing that tool if you have a business. Um, yeah, you know. but, but here's the story. Here's the story how the system works. So back you know four or five five years ago, it was like five ten cents a click. Now in my industry, now it's up to two dollars and eighty five cents a click. That's just people looking at my site. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I just spent fifty bucks today and nobody called me and no emails, no anything. You know what I mean? Oh. So, you know, twenty people looked at my site and nobody bought or nobody even contacted me for a quote. You know what I mean? So it's like. Whoa, talk about going right. quick, because, you know what I mean? Yes, because you get a lot of people that are like in the moment. So they have this thing where all of a sudden, oh, I want this. 
So they go online and they try to find this and they try to find that. But then 30 minutes later, 45 minutes later, they're like over it. Now they don't want it anymore. So, you're, you know, there's a lot of people that do that. It's almost like Windows shopping, I guess. Um, yeah. You know, well, and of course, well, yeah. I think things have actually changed on this now. Then all of a sudden I start getting all these weird emails and stuff where basically half the people that click on my site or click on the Google ad, they're they're really just out researching who to sell their insurance to or to sell their products to. You know what I mean? So they're using that as a tool now to do their marketing. But it's costing oh, yeah. two dollars and I use, you know yep. three yep. two three four bucks a click for people just to see my information to send me an advertisement. You know, so it's like okay, this just doesn't doesn't work anymore. But what this does is the people with the big money, the big guys, can afford this, so they just jack the stuff up and. Uh, run the little guy out of business. So it's like it's really getting doggy dog out there, you know? Okay, so you so you're every time somebody clicks on your just website you're charged? Oh absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Let's just say let's say you're a, a flower shop, okay? And uh um so you put an ad out there flowers by M, okay, you know what I mean? But you're also taking on all the big florist companies and everything like that. So somebody's coming out and like uh oh she's she's local so maybe I'll click on it and see the site and give you a call and order flowers to come down and buy you know what I mean? Um, Jeez. So that's that's basically how Google Google ads work okay but like I said I I, pretty, didn't, I never knew that I don't understand how I never knew that. Yeah. So because so I ran I ran a few websites for for companies before I had no idea the money part I thought you just bought the domain. Well, yeah, yeah. Okay, if you have a blog and stuff like that, you get placed on there like page one of Google. That's what you want. But you can also do the advertisements. You know what I mean? Because sometimes oh. it takes a long time to get. Sometimes yeah, it takes okay. a long time to uh, get on. The guys with the money are going to be in the top two, three spots anyway. You know what I mean? So you. Oh yeah, so you can, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You can make a uh, you know flowers by M. You know on Fifth and Howell or whatever like that. So yeah. Deliver blah 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 blah. Okay. I gotcha. Yep. Any any anytime somebody clicks on that site, you're getting now as I say, with my site it used to be like ten cents, five cents a click. Now it's up to oh, like okay. between two seventy five and five dollars a click for people just to click on that to take a look totally. at my, my products, okay? That and makes so I sense. This. I knew there was uh, I knew there was money involved, uh, obviously for the advertisers, but I didn't know how the money part worked. Um I didn't ever do any advertising. Yeah, this was really I did more networking, off. you know, networking yeah. and stuff but Wow, okay. That's crazy. And, it, and it's getting to the point, like I said, where now people are clicking on it just to get my address, my phone number, and my email address to send me advertisements like, you know, you know, oh, buy our insurance or, you know. Yeah, they're building like a database. You know I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I'm getting all these stupid. So I, I basically had to get out of it, you know what I mean? I'll run to different now huh. because it's a – but, see, that used to be a great way of, uh, in my industry, somebody need my product, and it was so far and few out. That uh, you know, I get like three or four or five orders a week out of it, which pay you know would definitely pay. Uh, and I'm, I'm kind of in a uh, high higher tier pricing industry, if you know what I mean, uh, industrial. So uh, you know, three, four, five hundred dollar order on a phone call, you know what I mean? And yeah. So it works. But uh, those days, uh, manufacturing's gone, and uh, everybody's out there is trying to uh, everybody's trying to game the system now. You know what I mean? A lot of predators out there. Tough to right. Make First of all, the industry's down. Uh, people aren't buying, and uh, the salespeople they got all this stuff kicked in to take your money away from you. So it's yep. <laughs> it's really uh, it's a tough world out there. I mean, you know, I've been in, I've well, been in tough situations all my life, but it's like I I don't see good things happening business wise out there for business owners. Oh yeah, I mean the regulations on there's like seventy thousand pages of business regulations that came out. Uh, 2014 
I mean, now I don't know how big the text was. I don't know <clears throat> how many spaces they used in between. I have no idea. But but this, the, it was 70,000 new regulations that came out in 2014. <clears throat> it's just insane. Um, yeah. yeah and technology, you know, I worked at Radio Shack when I was um, when I was twenty. I worked there, or eighteen, eight, nineteen to twenty one or twenty two. Um, uh-huh. Anyway, so I was around, you know, technology and um, at, at that time, and um, I, I saw how I, I learned real quick that technology changes every six months. That's about the number, you know. A new cell phone comes out, new computer. So now we're talking about changing. Probably, I don't know every few months as far as, you know, you know what I mean? Yes. Technology, yes. and that was crazy back then. So you buy a cell phone, you know, what, 15 years ago, and then the technology is going to be completely different within six months. That was that was, yep. that was really quick. But now, oh, price, oh, my gosh. Price-cutting measures, yeah. I mean, I, like, I could have found on this. Like, now it's like six days, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm getting phone calls from people trying to sell me insurance from, like, India and Pakistan. So, like, these big corporations... <laughs> So they, they, they have these people in foreign countries going into my, you know, researching, clicking on my ad just to get my name and phone number. Then they plug it in the system, and I get these 5, 10 phone calls, 20 phone calls a week from people from India and Pakistan trying to sell me widgets and insurance and, oh, yep. finance. Oh, we have money to give you. Uh, you, know, you, let, let, you know what I mean? I'm talking to somebody. Oh, yeah. India. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, what happened here? You know, this is how bad this has got. They're chasing me down halfway around the world now. You know, because it costs them a dollar oh, yeah. a day. You know, so it's like uh, it's pretty. It's pretty disgusting. And if you and if you dare buy their product, um, they're not going to be around. You know, they're good time Charlies. They're yeah. only around. Well, you know, they're around. They'll chase you down and call you when you know when they want the money. But if there's a problem, you better you yeah. won't be able to find them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. crazy. And you know, to me, all this stuff that we talk about, um, it it may seem, uh, I don't know negative, depressing, things like that. But to me, it's it is reality. It's it's what I it's what what I'm living with. It's accepting it. And so I never I never every once in a while it'll bring me down. But it, but all it does really is motivate me to find and do those small little things I can do every single day, like uh, learn to make my own toothpaste this week or whatever. Uh-huh. That will uh-huh. it, it just motivates me because. I will not let something negative or something ridiculous or whatever, something something like um, you know, this how this world and or is, is slowly turning lately or whatever, how things have been going wrong lately, I mean in the last like fifty years or hundred years or whatever. But um I won't let that take take my spirit away from me and I won't let it break me down. And so yes. for me it's it's not depressing. It's 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 actually motivating. And a lot of people don't understand that. Um, I never, people don't do, say I'm a negative person or anything like that, but sometimes yeah, yeah, when, yeah, when, yeah. when I try to have these conversations, people people might say, well, that's real, that's, that's not a good outlook. And, you know, so I might get a comment like that, but for the most part, you know, I'm just, people just think I'm the happiest person ever. Um, sure. But it's because, it's just because, like, this stuff doesn't, it is what it is. It is what it is, you know. Well, yeah, what it how, is. You, so. how can you not how can you not notice it? You know what I mean? So you know, it's got to bother you with what's happening to the world. These these idiots in charge. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know. I mean, I've even felt guilty before without really understanding why, because I'm I'm not the type that feels guilty. Like I don't oh. feel guilty. 
And I've, I've felt guilty before maybe ringing on somebody's prey because I, I wanted to have a deep conversation. I'm not, you know, just a regular old yeah. person, you know, um, that I work with or who knows. But I felt almost guilty, like, gosh. And I've questioned myself in the past a few times. Gosh, yeah. I am neg- maybe I am real negative and I just don't see it. But well, but it's not. It's just This, so is, I, this I mean, is actually a good conversation we're having because we're just noticing other people are having the same Turns and uh, the same noticing that we're not all crazy, you know, no, noticing that something's wrong, you know what I mean? So, in a good way well, to bring it out. Maybe, maybe we can get it out of our system, get it out of our system tonight so we don't have to deal with it for the next couple of days in our mind, in our spirit. Oh, my you know, gosh. And, and so you don't have to talk to, um, for people who don't know, you know, you don't, like, who don't know, number one, how to find a good doctor. Like, I'm, if I believe in doctors. I know some of the most amazing doctors. Um, but I believe you have to know, I believe you have to know what you're looking for and you have to have um, boundaries and and things like that. Um, and you have to present uh, things you want to do, like have um, uh, CRP blood work done. You know, they're not going to offer yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Things no, like that. Making, but you're but, a great but point if you there. do go to the doctor and you do tell them these things, then then that's a bad thing. You're going to... You might end up on some medication. Yeah. You might end up being told you it's have like, um, like you're bipolar. <laughs> you know, yeah, so a talking. doctor is the same thing. He's a businessman, like an accountant or an attorney. And what you got to do is tell these guys you're, you're paying the bill. You tell these guys what you want. You just sit back and you say, "They're like the doctors, yeah. but they're just used to people coming in and saying, oh, 'Oh, I'm sick. Oh, did blah 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 blah. Pay the bill and go.' They don't ask well, any questions. They don't, you know, they don't ask any like, questions. You know." Yeah, and us giving it out like this, the conversation that that when people are listen or talk mainly, you know, they get involved and call in more, which I, it would be so cool if more people called in. Um, not uh-huh. necessarily tonight, but you know, um, so when we get it out like this, we're not getting it out if you were to, if somebody were to go to the doctor and get it out because then you know you might you might end up with a disorder like your bipolar, you might end up on medication, you might end up you know who knows being told oh that's silly, you know it's you so. To get it out where it's open and it's a supportive um, environment, and just to be able to get it out, it's so it's it's really not depressing. And I don't know, most people most people are going to judge and label talks like this because most people are just uncomfortable with it. So, well, I've I've witnessed a lot worse talks and conversations on on the uh, on podcasts and stuff out there. Let me tell you. You know what I mean? So. Well, yeah, this isn't a bad talk, but you you know what I mean. Just, yeah, I, I don't know. know. I know exactly what you mean. I know exactly I'm just thinking in general. I'm just thinking, you know. No, I think you and I are talking very openly. I guess what I was saying is a lot of people have pretty 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 much attitudes about uh, some of the conversations they have in there. They're real, really militant or vengeful, some of these conversations. I, not another this show. I'm saying other shows no, out totally, there. No, you know? totally. Real, real opinionated, you know, one-sided, you know. Almost like a political it's, type agenda, you know, it's, throwing it's, stones. Oh my God, it's overcompensating, uh, compensating for not being uh, themselves, not uh-huh. following their true spirit, that little spark. So they're overcompensating by uh, making up for it in, you know, um, uh, egotistical, uh, almost argumentative, judgmental. Because you know, uh, you know, I was I was telling this to Dave earlier. So I mean, I'm just a searcher. I'm still searching. You know what I mean? And uh, I'm just now thinking about something. I mean, I believe in eternity. I'm probably going to be searching for it throughout eternity. What you know, searching and learning and knowledge coming in and questioning and you know, not just this realm. I hope for the for eternity, I'm going to be that type of a person, you know, or spirit anyway. You know, 
I told Dave, I said, you know, the day I die is the day that I stop learning. That 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 that's when I like how 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 whatever that means. It just means my body and my mind. It's like the day basically the day I die is when I stop learning. I mean, I'm going to be learning for. That to me is so exciting. You know. Yeah. 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 Yeah, this you know, and this, you know, let's take a step back. What you just, what we just said right there, you could be you could be doing that now, today. You know what I mean? Put love in your heart and go searching, and it's out there. That's what these Buddhist monks and these isolationists do and stuff. They're just searching and looking and trying to cleanse their spirit, and they're trying to get all this outside uh, extracurricular junk away from them, so they can focus on just focus on whatever they're looking for right then, and, and hopefully getting answers. You know what I mean? Mellow I'm back, you I'm back, you guys. Oh, cool. I'm enjoying listening to you. We we missed you. If I had been there, this conversation would not have happened. It would have been yeah, it would have. It would have happened. No, it would have been a lot different, though. I mean, I really like well, it. Well, it would have been different, sure, but no. It... Yeah, but I was t- telling a Teflon, uh, you know, he can <laughs> I'm trying to get people to talk. Um, without me there. Didn't I say that, Teflon? Yes, you did. Yeah. And uh, the conversations are totally different because people tend to focus on me. You know, Dave's there. and uh, I mean, I used to intentionally drop out into the background and just let people talk. I haven't done that too much lately. Actually, when I have, it, it hasn't turned out good because people have shut down. You know. But, uh, I, I mean, I would let Connie do that. You know, and uh, she'd just do fine. She'd just take off and run the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah. That's, I, I had this comment I wanted to say, and right before, it wasn't when you came on, Dave, but it was about ten, uh, five seconds before you came on, I had this, oh, this is awesome, like, oh, this is an awesome response, and I totally forgot it. You know when you have something and you just love what you're about ready to say and then you kind of go blank because it, uh, but anyway so anyways I'm just uh, <laughs> kind of snapping out of that real quick here is that what you're talking about uh, that's what we got to do now is maybe that's the answer is we got to be searching and uh, cast everything out and go back to reality back to nature and in a way in our minds and stuff and uh, I think that's what we're talking about right before Dave came on well actually when I came on you you were talking about the Buddhists and uh, what they're trying to do is avoid what's called attachments that's really big in, in Buddhism attachments yes Yes. That's right. Yeah. It had to do with um it did. It had to do something with the Buddhist and also when I when he when um Teflon Teflon, right? Yeah, that's cool. Okay. When he made a comment of um ah. anyways and I responded by saying the day the day that I die is the day that I stop learning. It had something to do with the two of those. It'll come to me. I'll it, you know, it's one of those things when you get something in your hand, you forget, and you just <laughs> you wish you can just grab it. So, you know, uh, Teflon, you were talking about how you're going to learn through all eternity. Yeah, that's actually true. But my, I hold to an ancient view where um, everything is cyclical, and, and the, you know, the, the creation is cyclical. This is not like the pagan view of reincarnation, but. You're uh, you're ascending and descending, but it's more like a, a drop off, and because uh, God He makes you forget what you've acquired, then you have to uh, slowly uh, ascend again. It's all, but it's always about learning. You're always like relearning, you know. Because I believe that um, 
the creation comes to an end, and then we have this, we go back to superior realm, and then we, this is the lower creation, we descend back into it, and then we forget, and then we have to learn. And you can see how important it is to learn, you know what I mean? Uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I mean, everybody wants, uh, it'd be nice if we just descend through all eternity, but uh, it doesn't actually work that way. That, there's, no, there's no balance. But I don't. But wait, do you I'm talking about the short. God... Second, I'm talking about the short term because when we go back to superior realm, uh, you're going to get all your knowledge back, and that's where we're at most of the time. So I'm really only talking about this when we come into this creation where he makes us forget where we've been. You know. Okay, so he makes us, not he thinks. He makes us. Yeah. Okay, I thought I heard you say he thinks. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, um, you know, this is not pagan reincarnation. They teach that you reincarnate over and over in this creation. And I'm saying no. You only I think it's normative probably according to scripture for the vast majority of people to uh incarnate uh one time. You know? And that's what it says in the Bible, but there's exceptions and uh, I think there's um a group of people uh who incarnate several times. You know, uh, what about a hundred thousand times? Well, you you incarnate all through history, but you do that when there's a new a new creation. The only the purpose of creation is is to have like a, a cosmic drama, a tension between light and dark, so God can be glorified. I've talked about this over and over again, but if you're hearing it for the first time, you're just going, "Whoa, I've not heard of that before." You know. So you do incarnate all through all through eternity, over and over and over again. But there's always, uh, you know, very careful design to the whole thing. You know, where pagan reincarnation, it's almost like you're kind of alone and it's all faded. And, and God's, if there's a God, it's kind of in the background. You know, and it's just all up to you and your previous karmic debt, which doesn't even make any sense because if that was true, you'd never get out of a hole. You just, you know. Because right. if you're paying off karmic debt from your previous existence, you're being punished for that. Well, how do you know that you're going to create uh, a good state for the next life, you know? Because you could just cycle right down and never get out of this mess. Uh, people don't really think all that through. It's illogical. Some people, it's more of uh, going, like, 100,000 years, so you're, you're, you're cycling up. And then um, it just depends. You can be stuck in uh, on a certain level for a while, but you don't go down. But then when you get to the top, then then you can either go up or you can go right back down where you started 100,000 years ago, the bottom of the ocean in the tube worm. That's, that's, I, that's interesting. I don't even know what religion or what who believes that. I, I don't know hardly anything about it, but I think it's really interesting, you know. Well, my view of religion is the Illuminati has actually gotten in there and, and, and corrupted all the religions. They don't teach what they used to teach. So I don't think that they held this view of reincarnation more anciently. So it's a, random, it's a random thought or a comment here, but I just um, I, I just learned recently that they're putting, they're using cell phone towers. Um, as church steeples. Yeah, we actually did a podcast uh, on that one time with Connie. So I just, I just saw that. I just, I'm just like, wow. Uh, long, back, way back in 2012. Yeah. Oh wow. And we have talked about it again since then. And uh, it's absolutely amazing. You know. I mean, uh, uh, I saw a picture of it, and and I just, I didn't even know they did that. I, I, 
I knew they did the trees, and I knew there's other things that I probably wouldn't be aware of, but a church steeple, this is right in, our, right in the face, you know? It's crazy. Well, imagine what it's doing to the people. Uh, I mean, they're basically frying themselves. I know. But the church said it's okay, right? I mean, the church let them do it, like, right? Uh, well, some of the pastors are Satanists. Uh, I know, but are, but they have to know. Then well, they have a mon- to know, right? There's a, oh. there's a monetary side to it, too. They get paid for that. Yeah, and uh, they do disguise uh, these uh, cell phone towers in all kinds of creative ways. Even as the, you got pictures on like a Google Images and Bing Images, they even disguise them as trees and stuff like that. You know what? You know what? I've never thought about protesting ever, um, just because. But something that I might think about doing is just uh, maybe just standing with a little sign that says FYI, there's a, there, you know, there's a, <laughs> there's a, there's a, your Wi-Fi tower as a steeple, like not even trying to say it's going to, it's going to hurt you. Watch out. They're bad. Just saying, and for people who have no idea what I'm talking about, that's fine. But for people who do, maybe they can like go, what the heck? <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. I know that's such a random thought, but I feel like people need to know that at least. Well, it would be interesting to me to see how many of these churches that have these steeples, um, their cell phone towers, how, how often they tell the congregation, because I'm assuming they don't always tell the congregation. Sometimes that's what I'm the saying. The congregation is completely ignorant, and that's, that's not right. But see, no, they, they look mean. at this technology, is it's, it's so not, sad. there's nothing wrong with it, Emily. Oh, my God. And I just want people to know, like, I'm not even going to protest and say, like, churches, this church is bad. They are bad people. Like, I don't do that. I would I would say, hey, uh, by the way, there's a cell phone tower right here. It's up the steeple. And just to let them know, like, disclosure. I mean, this is, I'm sure people don't know. I'm sure they don't know. Now, did I you know, know that European governments are warning the people? Well, they're getting the Wi-Fi out of the classrooms over there, and they're warning the people about the dangers of cell phones over here. But over here, there's just silence. Yep. Yep. Now, if you see, it's important to understand if you live in a system of control, because that if if we do live in a system of control, then that's telling you that the uh, the Illuminati they have a darker agenda for America than they do with Europe. Well. Do, what kind of agenda do they have in Europe? What's going uh, on over there? They're more gentle with people over there. But do, they're, but they, they, they're bringing down the hammer. They're tightening down the screws over here. The, the social engineering um, is more directed at America. Uh, I know that. I know any that. country in world history, and that's what Americans need to know, and they, they don't know that. But isn't there other – there's other things going on uh, that, that aren't social engineering, like, like I call it experiments. Like isn't isn't aren't they experiencing something? Like I've I've certain countries are going through certain things and they're not all social social programming, right? Well, you know, there's advantages uh of America over over European countries. It's not all uh good, but uh what the, the what I said earlier about social engineering is actually true. Uh there's very bad things about countries like Spain. Or even the Scandinavian countries. But what what did you ask me again? Did you ask me a question? Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm curious on on what the um, cause see I, we were talking about Kevin and I were talking about I made a comment about how I think um, uh, other countries have other types of experiences 
um, experiments going on. Like the United yeah, States, different, they experiment in social engineering. Right, different type of uh, uh, psyop type uh, experiments. Of, of, yeah, I like uh, to call it an experiment because I feel like they're really taking, they're analyzing it. Obviously, but you know what I mean. They're like it's groups of people living and they're they're experimenting on us. And so for us, it's social engineering. So I feel like for the other countries, um, there's <laughs> specifics, you know, in um, their experiment. So like, does Europe? Are they going through some crazy stuff that has nothing to do with social engineering? No. But I, overall, I would say that um, they, this is broad based. This is, what you're doing is you're comparing uh, Europe with uh, America, like America, uh, Europe versus America, instead of focusing at the uh, on the uh, individual nations. But I would say that it's worse here uh, in America. If you just if, if if you pretend that Europe is like a single country, which is obviously not, you know. But um but who the heck wants to go live in Bulgaria, Croatia, <laughs> Greece, uh let's see. Well, if you say Colombia, I s I would say I do. Not right now. I think it depends Maybe. on the individual. Some people would be happy in there, and some people uh, wouldn't. It, it depends on you. And your I would go in five to ten years, but, if, but I'd buy my I'd buy property there right now if I if I could. I'd do it right now, but I wouldn't move there and live there for five to ten years. Well, it's real cheap. Yeah. Um, things are potentially unstable, though. Uh, they're unstable here. <laughs> yeah. I, I, was, I, was, I was talking about the, talking about the future. They've come. They've been coming out of the war for the last twenty years. Yeah, I know. I mean, in Colombia, uh, in, in Colombia, it's getting better and better. But still, you don't have certainty about the immediate future. It could go bad any time, like Argentina. Yeah, but but, and, but the infrastructure is a good sign that it's not because they're they're built they're road rebuilding the roads and stuff. And they're you know I mean it doesn't mean anything, but I'm just saying there's there's some good signs you know and and you know I like I know I know a little bit of the pricing like for a ten million dollar home. Um, you know, in Southern California with the marble, um, you know, marble everything. And you can buy that in Colombia for $400,000. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't want that. I wouldn't need that. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't put, I would put as little money as possible in, in the most reputable, um, community I could find, you know, but, but, um, I would totally buy property there. I, I think I think uh, just seeing a little bit out there, uh, all these countries have their own their own problems that you're just not aware of and stuff. But I just heard a a story about a uh, uh, a friend of mine that his buddy moved down to Colombia and uh, actually retired, had a lot of money and stuff, and went down there and you know got a pretty nice house and everything like that. And it was just a matter of time before um, there was a knock on his door. And uh, I've seen this in Thailand, I've seen this in places and oh. stuff. And uh, and it was actually the the knock on the door was the uh, the cartels down there. And they basically came up and they said, "Oh, you got a pretty nice house here. Um, but boy, you sure need some insurance. Houses is sure to burn down." Well, he spent the last ten, fifteen years of his life paying off the cartel. This is down in wow. Columbia. All right. Oh no. So, so as I say, so this and I brought this up. I see this happen in Thailand and stuff too. So, um, yeah. in America, in the in the, all these third world countries or whatever, if you live a little bit, just living um, middle classes, we think here. 
or let's say like you retired with a couple million dollars and you could actually have a nice house. And I mean, this guy, he was 60, 65 years old, I think it was 65 when he moved down there, you know, full retirement. And uh, he did very well, but he was, uh, he didn't like it, but he didn't want to come back either. So he just paid off the cartel for the last 10, 15 years of his life, you know? Wow. so they say. So it, you know, it, he, I think back to what Dave said. You give up. Uh, you got to. You got to expect living in a different culture, which most people can only handle for a year or two, and they come yeah. back. And uh, if you do like the culture, you got to put up with society down there. In third world countries, the uh, there's a lot more graft, and uh, I kind of laughed about this. There's a lot more corruption and graft. And I said, well, yeah, down there they do it that way. Over here, they just do it with the government. You know, I mean, so so you kind of got to pick and choose which poison right. you want to take, no matter right. where you now, live in the world. How, how long ago did he move down there? Uh, I think he moved down there about 20 years ago. Okay, so um, something happened 20 years ago. Now this is this isn't like a big, huge thing, but it's it's uh, it made an impact. They and the guy's name I I don't know, but they um the. Uh, there's like there's three different there's three different groups there's so the gorillas there's the cartels and there's the other guys so yeah. they, anyways one of the main guys was captured okay now this sounds like who cares it was one guy but, but but something happened where it cut down so much crime rate almost instantly they couldn't believe it I mean it, a, a lot of the crime that's that was one of the first that's what kicked off this 20 years now um, uh, change. Now, that doesn't mean, actually, one of the articles I read, a guy, um, he, I think he was robbed or he was almost robbed or his friend was robbed on the street. He had a wallet in the back pocket and he was robbed. So I know that there's still, you know, if, if there's always, there's, there's going to be, it takes a lot longer than 20 years to end a 100-year war, okay, with three different gnarly um, uh, groups involved. But um, I feel like it, it did happen about 20 years ago. It's like 20 years ago is what they say, maybe 21, I don't know. Um, but the whole, I, I don't know, the engine structure thing, it's just, it means a lot to me for some reason. I just feel like they're putting a lot of money back into it. And that, you know, when when the war started, they destroyed everything. They were just destroying everything. And finally, they ran out all the construction, all the you know, the road people, everything. And um, they just left. Everybody just left the freaking the country. Um, now it takes there's certain roads that you, you, could, you could spend an hour just trying to, like, get up that mountain on this road that's turned into a wash or a dirt road with potholes. I mean, it, it really went to shit, and it still is. I mean, it's coming out of it. But anyways, um, I just think, I don't know anything about it, but, oh, I like the fact that I'm, I'm half Puerto Rican, so... Maybe I can, <laughs> I don't know, maybe I can, I don't know, maybe that will come to an advantage. <laughs> you know, you uh-huh. don't look half Puerto Rican at all. I don't no. see it in No, I, I, I got it all through, um, I got my dad's brain and his mouth. <laughs> so, really? my, my, yeah, my sister, she got his, she got the body, you know, she's got the, the, the curvy Puerto Rican body, she's got... You know, she's the perfect, like, five, six. She's perfect Puerto Rican body. Yeah. I'm, you like, love, five, nine. And did anyone ever see any Hispanic in you when they, I mean, without you saying anything? No. Uh-uh, but they, yeah, uh, see, I don't see it at all. But they, they're they not surprised with the Puerto Rican part when I say it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you know, 
don't look Hispanic at all to me. And you've ever been to Puerto Rico? You never got to Puerto Rico yet, have you? No. But I'm going to get there. But, and then, I, so I started, like, listening to the Sawbert Man, you know, podcast, and he talks about Columbia. And so then I, I was like, um, I, this is so silly. This is so naive or stupid. I, I don't know. Stupid is a pretty good word. So anyway, I decided, okay, I'm going to make sure I know where Columbia is. You know, I'm going to look on the map, right? And it's just, to me, it's so, I can't even believe I never knew where Columbia was. Um, I've never been good with geography, but. I didn't realize that it's bordering the Pacific Ocean and the Caribbean Sea. Like, mm-hmm. like hello, and it's like right by Puerto Rico. I mean, I don't know if it's right by there, but the islands there, like, I don't know. To me, it seems right by there. Mm-hmm. Um, half of it, you know, half of its country is coastline. I, I mean, I'm thinking it's in the jungle, in the middle of the jungle. You know, I mean, and I'm sure it is in some spots, but. I want to say something about those cartels. Uh, those, those cartels are, are totally controlled by the Illuminati, just like the mafia. A lot of people don't realize that. The mafia, it, you know, it's kind of like an octopus, the Illuminati, and uh, they run that as their criminal wing, just like they run the Vatican, the religious wing. Mm-hmm. But, uh, see, if you're lower-level Illuminati, those cartels do not come to your house. You're totally protected. They know who to go to, who not to go to. They're, they actually, it only takes one guy in there to run everything. They put these people in there. They pay them well. Yeah. And they I, run these criminal gangs, and they go around and terrorize people that don't have protection. So yeah. now the thing is is that America is protected by the Illuminati. Uh, it's reasonably stable. We're gradually you know, spiraling down. And that's all part of the plan, too. But the reason that they are upholding America is because when we go down, the whole world goes down, the economy. Mm-hmm. Yep. And there's going to come a time when they're going to pull the plug on everybody, yeah. but they don't yeah. want to do it yet. So right. that's why that's the reason why they're upholding America. But in these other countries that are small, you know, like they don't care about, you know, whether Romania goes down or you know, Peru. It's not a big thing. But with America, it is a big thing. So that's why... Up until they pull the plug, you have security here. That it's all about timing when and when want to get out. If that's what you want to do, if, if you want to leave. Because I did, I did oh, a yeah. podcast. I might Absolutely. upload. I might even upload tonight. I did with a guy in Chile, and he says the exchange rate is the. I guess it's the opposite of, of a Colombia, because he sent me some money in PayPal, and uh, I mean they just. Uh, <clears throat> I, it was horrible exchange rate. You know what I mean. Well, I think in Colombia it's like the opposite. Well, here's the thing: we have we have a really bad economy, right? But the dollar is high, so it, the dollar, the U.S., the the dollar is high, and um, the Colombian peso is low. Mm-hmm. So you, that's it. That's an opportunity. Yeah. See, that's what the American dream used to be. That's what you know. It's not anyway. So. Um, so, you know, if anything, like, I need to get a, I'd like to get a passport, you know, because, because if anything, we're talking about just an option, because if we want, we want to be sovereign, and we don't want to have to be dependent on a, um, <laughs> a welfare, free cell phones, you know, socialism, if we want to be independent, we have to have options. So, that's, that was the driven force on, you know, there are about, like, they're sewing all that up in America, though, right now. The, uh, this whole passport thing, uh, 
um, about a year and a half ago when I was in Thailand, I went in to open up a new business account. And the rules that uh, the last five years, they just the banking rules and stuff, uh, basically they wanted me to sign American IRS papers over in a bank in Thailand for me to open up a bank account over there. And I just turned it back in. And I think just three, four days ago, they just passed the passport law. If you have any problems with the IRS, they can yank your passports right now. So they're, yep. uh, they're uh, starting, to, uh, starting to attack all the stuff getting out of the country. They're selling the stuff up pretty quick. Very quick. So January, if you owe child support, passports yeah. is removed. Really? Um, that's why you got to get out of the debt thing real quick, if anybody is. Um, you know, and, and in the right way, like, there's ways to do it by law right now that you don't yeah. have to pay a lot of money. There's, you know, there's ways to do it by law, and I'm not saying bankruptcy, I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying there's lots and lots of ways, and there's people out there where you can learn this stuff from. And but to get a passport right now and to get out of any debt is, like, a pretty big deal. I think. I think it's the big, the big thing in this passport law with the IRS, what they just did was uh, there's a lot of people working overseas that may may owe money to the uh, to the IRS over here in the states, and they're going to yank their passports. And without a passport, living in a foreign country, you're deported back to the United States. Okay, so let's just say you've been in uh, Thailand or wherever for 10, 20 years, a job, a house, everything like that, and you lose your passport overnight, and they deport you. Wait, wait, how do you lose your passport? Because if you have any, if you owe the IRS any money. Oh, like if they find it. Okay. They're going to yank your passport. They'll just yank your passport. And next time you go for your visa in these countries, you have to go in every year to get, to, to get your visa re-signed for your uh, your uh, um, residency over there. And you're going to walk in and, you're, and your passport's going to be no good and they're going to deport you. Okay. So and you, so let's just, say you have a, let's just say you have a foreign family over there. You've been working there for five, ten years. Yeah. Let's uh, so all of a sudden your 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 family's stuck over there. You lose your job and they just dump you off back in America. Oh yeah, and, no problem. And if you don't have anything in America, what do you do? You know what I mean? So people this, this is a lot and people lose their family and become homeless overnight. No joke. Yeah, no, that's, that's, no. that's the law they just passed. I think they put a cap on it, like uh, anybody over fifty thousand dollars in the, uh, arrears to the IRS, they're going to do it too. That well, was what they passed know, about two days ago. It's it's just like um, CPS, you know, Child Protective Services. You know, I mean, it's there's so many things that they. It's just it's it's crazy. Now you can, but you so you cannot have a passport if you're in debt, obviously, right? For the IRS, right? Well, okay. well, if you're making payments and stuff, there's all kinds of stuff I read into it, but whatever, you know what I mean? But it, so if they somehow, if you fall into debt again, then they somehow find out 20 years later. Then they have a jurisdiction. They can just yank it whenever you ever have a problem, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, they're, just, crazy. they're just sewing it up. So what we're just talking about is not, is going to be something which is not going to be attainable in the future. Oh and, yeah, uh, no, no, you know, it's not. You know, on, on top of that, I mean, like I say, was if you move any money over there, they're they're going to want it. They they have to report oh, yeah, that no. to the United States government, and it you just costs know so much exactly now. Expenses are getting so high just to fly over there and get set up and everything in these other countries. These other countries have inflation rates going through the roof too. Things aren't as cheap. You may think they're cheap, but they're not as cheap as they were ten years ago. You know what I mean? So right, it's kind right. of a it's kind of a pipe dream to to leave right now. Um, the people that rule the systems are kind of shutting all that down right now. Yeah, they're doing the opposite. They're going to bring the immigrants into America, 
You know what I mean? And uh, yes. uh, a lot of these people are going to have problems when I was saying, oh, I want my American citizenship, and this, all these rules of these taxes are going to start kicking on these immigrants, and they're not going to want to stick around too long, okay, because uh, they're offering all the free entitlements and everything right now, and they're basically going to turn these people into to tax slaves is what it is, is the oh, long-term yeah. goal, oh, yeah. in my opinion, you know? They think they're they're win, winning the system, but they're not. But okay, no, so you have not at all. you have to know. Here's the thing: there's there's hundreds of mistakes you could make if you ever were to to do it to to you know to move money or not move, um, just you know move yourself and then open up a bank account or whatever. There's things. Oh my God, you can make a million mistakes. You have to know exactly what you're doing. You have to have knowledge. You have to obtain that. You have to learn research you have to know what you're doing because otherwise you will get screwed and there are a few banks and there are um ways that you do it legitimately and you pay your you have everything straightened out with the irs you've done everything's legit everything's open there's ways to do it where you don't even oh, have yes, to leave your, your couch and it's it, and, and you know like for me the first thing i would do because i'm half puerto rican is find out what it's what i don't know if that has i don't know if i can Go, I don't know how what that has to do with Colombia because it really is the United States. But all I'm saying is, is maybe because a lot of the population is Puerto Rican. I don't know. What if there's something that makes it easier for me? I doubt it will. I doubt it will. But no. you know, you just try to find because sometimes you can get you can gain residency. Oh, I know how I can through a family member. See, like I could probably I could probably gain. Oh, that's Puerto Rico. Though. I keep forgetting. <laughs> anyway, sorry. sorry, you guys. I'm like exhausted. I'm gonna have to get off the phone soon. But okay. But I, my point I is, I noticed that you um, say goodbye really quick. Yeah, I know. I'm so weird. But, but real quick, my point is, is um, is that 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 but there are, there are ways. That it's not just one way to gain residency. You know what I mean? I mean, obviously, if you've got a ton of money, you can probably just do it overnight. But but. There's probably a lot. There's ways I think you can do it, but it just I I give myself it's going to take at least six months of research, if not a year, to really, you know. But I really feel like there's a good five year window opportunity. So that's just a number. That's just how I feel. Just to try to buy property and then move there whenever or never. Who knows? If you do that, you want to go keep a low profile in uh, Colombia. I was going to ask you, Teflon. What do you think about uh, you know that friend uh, moving instead of you know uh, coming back to America or staying where he was at? What about moving somewhere else? Well, I think you know. Why did he do that? I think, I think I think he was like sixty-eight years old by the time it happened. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? It's like okay. you know, think about it. It's like yeah, you know, you just kind of figure, just play it out. Is it, I mean, did he have I mean, kind of a homestead and, there? Yeah, yeah, and you just kind of yeah. move around and stuff like that too, and you just go oh, another, you know, they got another feather out of my, yeah, you know, I can understand that. Like that. Yeah, you know, that makes like, sense. Yeah, you know, they say he had enough money to uh, live the rest of his life, which just kind of cut his losses, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and it's like, uh, but it you, was just you another, think differently as you age. Absolutely, it's just you know that's a game. They got me again. You know, you know, you know what I mean. You've been through it, Dave. You know what I'm talking about. You yeah, win and you lose sometimes. <laughs> you know, and uh, you learn to shrug <laughs> off the losses. You know. Yep. Oh, right. you guys are you guys are wonderful. Thank you, thank you nice so much. I'm like, yeah, huh? you did a great job, Emily. You too, too. Yeah, I'm, I love it because I'm like losing my my voice. You know, I I because I talk, I strain. I try not to, but I strain when I talk, and it's like not good for you to do that. But I've done that since I was a kid. 
So anyways, I just know how exhausted I am. I'm like losing my voice. But that means I had a great conversation. <laughs> yep. Yep. Cool, Did you cool. uh do you have an air purifier at home, Emily? No, 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 but okay. but I need to get one. Do you have a little bit of a cold or anything? No, this this happens strictly from straining. Oh, I'm in my car. I, it's kind of a funny story. I like to sit in my car as like a as my office. I call it my office. Yeah. It's really it's really like a fort, and I've got my heater. <clears throat> That's what it is. I've got my heater blaring, <clears throat> so it's so it's dry um, dry air. But I did have a little smoky smoke, you know. Well, I'm not so, I'm not going to ask you how cold it is in uh, San Diego, but how warm is it? Okay, I'm gonna, well, you think it's cold. You think it's cold. <laughs> remember what I told you last time? Yeah, I was surprised how warm it was. I thought it would be cold. That's hilarious. Um, well, it has to be like 37 degrees, and it was like 69. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So how how uh, how cool is it? I'm looking for the weather here. Let's see. I could do that myself if I wanted to. <laughs> you probably you be faster, but I'm going to pull it up in a second. I think I'm going to sign off, guys. It's going on 3 o'clock in the morning. Okay, man. I'm right in between you guys. I'm, I've am got the mildest climate in the world here, least variation uh, oh my temperature. God. I'm right oh in between, God. right in the middle between San Diego and uh, and Wisconsin. Yep. It's about 35 degrees here right now, I think. Yeah. It, what, what's over there? About 35 degrees here worse. now. 35. We've had this 50, okay. Yeah, no, we've had... 50, it's mid 50s for the last week. It's been great. You know what I mean for us. Hey, I'll, I'll, I'll catch you guys later on. I'll okay, Teflon. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Guess, well, guess uh, the weather here. Guess how, uh, how cold it is. 72 degrees. 57. <laughs> okay. Do you think that's cold? Okay. Probably do. Well, I'm freezing. I, I was in the car with my heater on, so yeah. <laughs> okay, you guys, I'm going to go to bed. It was great. Right, okay. I'm, I'm from Wisconsin. I was just outside my flip-flops and my uh, and uh, and the T-shirts looking at cigarette just a minute ago. There you go. There you go. So, all right. All right, okay. guys. Thanks a lot, guys. Have okay, a good, good night. Yeah, bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.